back to Draco's Den. I've finally given y'all a show after like two weeks because I just didn't have shit to talk about until today. And I have a special guest on the show here today, my good friend Angie, one of my biggest supporters here. And she came up with today's topic, so it made sense to have her on it. <clears throat> so today we're going to be talking about the concept and misconceptions around broken homes. Now, Andy, you can go ahead and because since this is your idea, I forgot where did you uh, where did this idea come Actually, from? Actually, I was I was scrolling and it was just an article that was talking about how you know the homes are broken and they're you know creating problems for the kids and we need to get back to this nuclear family because that's the only way. And for whatever reason, I guess because I'm a single mom, it angered me because I'm thinking, what makes that home? broken because i know i've raised two wonderful boys that aren't doing any of those bad things that they're trying to ward off and then it made me kind of go down that rabbit hole of okay what if that person was like me as a kid my dad died when i was 14 so because he's no longer in that home does it make it broken and that was by death or if you have a kid that's coming from a broken home maybe in the system like with you as a foster parent you're a single parent, but you're actually helping to fix the problem. And those kids find love with you. So is your home broken just because it's you? So a lot of those questions just started to pour into my head. And the more I thought about it, I was angry because it's a misconception. Mm. And I find this an interesting topic because, I mean... Seriously, what does, what are we constituting as a broken home? I mean, I had a few questions as I thought about it. I was like, well, is it considered a broken home if, you know, you're the child of two parents who never really intended to actually be together? You know, maybe they were, um, I don't know, because especially, let's be modern with it. So if you got a gay male and a lesbian girl, and, you know, they're just friends, but they both want kids and they neither of them got a partner and they choose to have one together through in vitro or whatever the fuck they decide to do. And, um, you know, they're raising the kid together. It's just that they don't live together or, and they're not in a relationship. Is that a broken home? What about on the hetero side when, you know, they just, you got two friends, maybe they had a drunk night, baby comes along. Okay, fine. But they're not together. They're not going to be together. They really didn't intend to be together. What if you have parents like mine who, while I am a planned child and, you know, my parents were in a relationship when I was conceived, I don't think it was ever necessarily meant to be a long-term thing. I don't know that they ever saw that as being a lifelong commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, now, and they were never together during my life. So at which point do we consider the home broken? Like, do, do you have to have at some point been officially together and officially in a house or together in order to you consider have the to home have broken? Been married for it to not be broken because you've got some people like me my mom my mama calls me the runaway bride you know shit i'm in my 40s and I, i've never been married i i just it's something about it so i can co-parent with somebody and that child still have everything they need so does that make my home broken? Hmm. I mean, and, you know, 
for the the people that you know subscribe to this idea of broken i mean a lot of us i guess would be considered from broken homes one way or another like my parents like i said they were never together during my lifetime but by the time i was born they were already broken up um that that whole concept of them being a couple was done before i ever actually popped out so did that make my home broken like we and on a technicality we lived with my father at my grandmother's house after my mother's mother put us the fuck out when i was a few weeks old or whatever um we lived with him at his mama's house for like a couple of weeks or so maybe a month and you know after that my mom always had her own place like that was one of those we got put out suddenly so she had to have somewhere to go but it wasn't a long-term thing and they weren't together even then even though my father lied about quite a bit of why why i was there who i was and all that shit to his stupid bitch but um does that qualify as broken because we really didn't live there that was like a short visitation until we got an apartment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't as far as i know from all the discussions i've had with my parents they never even discussed getting married that was never on the table I've heard my father say that if any of his baby mamas were, you know, one that he should have ended up with, and there's three of them, it would have been my mama, which, I mean, compared to, yeah, fine, but thank God, no. Um, does that, you know, which part of that qualifies me as, as being from broken home? Is it simply the fact that they were never married, never intended to get married? Like, my mother has been married to other people, you know, after him that, you know, she saw more of a future with, but she was never married to him. True. So Then the thought that was occurring to me, because I've got relatives, you know, they have been married for, God, a couple of them, 20 plus years, but their homes are more of what I would call broken than the single parent homes. Their kids came out with more trauma, more mental health issues, more just a downward spiral and and lack of productivity based on the hell that they were in, even though they had, quote unquote, that nuclear family, the mom, the dad, the the house, the the cars, the, the dog, whatever. They had every amenity possible that people who subscribe to that ideology would say, oh, this makes a, a great home. This is a wholesome home, but it, it's it's trash because your parents is fighting physically every day. Your parents are cussing you out and belittling you to the point that your self-esteem is destroyed. You don't have friends or anything and you don't have the social skills you need. You quit everything that you start, college and all, and some end up on drugs and criminal histories, but they came from that nuclear family. So, I guess the thing we have yeah. to figure out is like, what is the definition I of have, broken? You see, you know, to me, it would be the homes where you see a problem because, now let's be real, most of my children started off in, in, in homes that you could say were broken. Um, you know, my boys, not Charmaine, <laughs> but... Well, that depends on her mama's point of view, but you could you could argue and say that too. Um, but you know, my boys, you know, my youngest one 
has, you know, a mama who had several different men to the point where out of her five kids, the last one, she didn't know who, the, she still don't know who the hell his daddy is. Um, every time the the boys and, and the girls too, every time the children turned around, you know, there's a different man here, which is what led to what brought them into care. You know, abuse from one of those men that mama didn't bother to actually get to know. Um, you know, and they had seen a lot, you know, they've seen drive-bys, they've seen, uh, mm-hmm. robberies, they've been robbed. Sh- the shit that I didn't find out until I had this child for over a year. That, to me, is more of a broken home than just me coming from a home where my mother was single and, you know, raised me and my sister. And even when, you know, she did marry her two previous husbands, uh, neither one of them worth fuck. To be quite honest, she'll agree with that. But to me, that was more of I'm just aggravated that these niggas ain't shit. But I still had a good upbringing. Like my mother still made sure we came first. She wasn't so mm-hmm. obsessed with a man that just any fucking thing happened mm-hmm. to us. And you know, the one bit of trauma that did happen to me was not under her control, under her supervision at all. Right. And and in addition to that. She went, she made sure that I had the help that I needed to deal with that throughout my life. So I got therapy and stuff like that when that, after that did happen and after it came to light. My children, on the other hand, didn't get therapy until they got to me in some cases. You know, my middle son, I mean, hell, he was born drug exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, his, the one thing that we can say is his mother knows who his daddy is, but I mean, you know, he, both of them were on drugs. Daddy wound up in jail a couple of months after he was born. You have grandmothers and great-grandmothers trying to intervene in their situation, trying to, um, you know, regulate what, you know, they didn't want him to be adopted out, and then ultimately he ended up in foster care anyway. You know, to me, that and the trauma that I know that he dealt with that he doesn't even remember that he dealt Mm -hmm. with, to me is a far more broken home than anything I went through. And you brought up a point that and I know you probably touched on it before in in other shows but I feel like what contributes to these quote unquote broken home scenarios and and we just we we perpetuate the myth our own community it's a taboo to think about therapy we experience these traumas Mm -hmm. we absorb it and we have this older mentality of, oh, just suck it up and keep moving. You got damaged people, which means you have damaged people who are damaged parents. So it's not that the home is broken. I feel like it's more of a system of the parenting that we need to look at. That's what's broken. Because as a single no, mother no, no. or father, Some... we are still able to know with you and your boys, me and mine, Hell, even like you said with Charmaine, as parents, we're still able to know right from wrong. And we know how to instill that in our kids and instill a work ethic and instill the importance of education and instill for them to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. We know how to do that. And we also know when our kids need help. Whereas if we sweep it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist, 
then yes, we are creating a quote-unquote broken home, but it's broken parenting. I mean, and that's about the point, because another thing to look at, too, is how many of the people that didn't come, come from that normal definition of broken home came from a loveless home? Mm. Two motherfuckers that just did not want to be together, or did not actually love each other, but, and I'm going to use my grandparents as, as an example here, one or one of them was more obsessed than in love. Okay. And the other stays out of a sense of duty. And a lot of the things that my mother, my uncles, and then the grandchildren such as myself kind of dealt with from them really comes from that the lies, the delusions, you know, um, and I guess my grandmother did kind of admit this, that basically she let her whole life be wrapped up around a man. Okay. And when you look at the two biological children between the two of them, which would be my two uncles, you have a shit show. Um, I think it's fair to say from my mama, I don't think she would disagree with this, there's quite a bit of trauma that she dealt with growing up. You know, because of their situation, because of this you know, for whatever reason, my grandfather was who my grandmother wanted. Not to say he was a bad looking man or nothing like that. Not to say he's necessarily the worst fucking human being in the world or nothing. But for whatever reason, she fixated on him. However, any of the three children, if they look at it objectively right now, will tell you they all suffered because she was so stuck on him. Okay. You know, the things that they went through growing up, the things that a lot of the family doesn't necessarily know about, like the times that they were without power or whatever because somebody gambled his whole goddamn check away. Or, you know, things that happened a little later on where somebody else gambled all the fucking money away and, you know, gave financial problems. And even though the kids by that point were grown, but still, point is, shit like that, you know, that... I like how you slid that in there real quick. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, because this isn't one of those things where I'm trying to bash the family. I've already done that enough. But I can use them as an example. Like, that home was, you know, you got two parents in the home. And yes, technically, Ivory always worked. So he did provide. But a lot of the shit that happened in that house was real broken. Mm -hmm. The mentality in that house was real broken. There was an issue here where, you know, you got two people that really don't trust each other for their own reasons. And I ain't gonna spill no more of their tea, but they've done their shit. And, you know, neither one to me seemed like they fully trust each other. They're used to each other. Um, But, you know, you have a disproportionate way in which they raise the children. Whereas, you know, my mother was made to be hyper independent. Her brothers are hyper-dependent. They don't know what the fuck to do on their own. So, a thought is, is, is brewing in my head as we're talking. And I look at myself for one. Like I said, is my home technically broken? As a kid, my dad died of cancer at 14. So, at 14, I was without a dad. A daddy i didn't have a father figure anymore you know sure there was people who said oh i'll be there for you as a dad but 
they can't really feel those shoes after 14 years of having one. But my mother stepped up to that plate. Now, did she later in life admit she fell short by not getting me therapy? Yes, because I needed it. And I didn't get it until I was grown. But she made sure she provided everything I needed. I had health insurance. I had food. I went to school every day. I wasn't even the kid that skipped school, didn't get suspended, didn't get expelled. None of that stuff. I graduated early, went off to school and stayed in school virtually. I'm shit, I'm a career student. I did the things I was supposed to do. I'm not strung out on drugs or anything. So I think that I'm a good product of a single parent home. Now, what's coming to my mind is it the people who are pushing this agenda of this quote unquote nuclear family is better and anything other than that is broken it's becoming either a race or a class issue because if races that are deemed inferior which the system does things whether it's jail death whatever drugs what have you it breaks our families apart so in their minds that makes us weaker and inferior also even to say well white people have the same issue they do however it's a class issue then because if you are not on the same status level as us because we have two incomes or whatever the case may be or i can afford to support this whole family y'all are pouring beneath me it's a thing of separating us so they, they fuel that agenda of your families are broken. You're not on our level, which makes people not try because they feel that they're not going to overcome that. Hmm. I like that point. I'm going to add one to it too. Those same people, when they make that that little preachy remark or whatever, they want the two parent home and all that bullshit, and they they're talking down. They also look down on the queers raising the kids. Yes, they do because they think that oh, that's not possible to provide a, a good wholesome home. But now I'm gonna be a little bit petty and messy because our wheels were turning at the same time, but not on the same page. These so-called people that want to say their home is perfect and whatever, and they doing so great. Sweetheart, please explain to me why your husband is closeted. And he really don't want to touch you, can't stand you, and he's creeping doing what he's doing. So he's technically cheating on you and with the same sex, and you sitting there wearing your hat on Sunday saying that you the mother of whatever in this church over here, and you portraying your family as perfect, and... That house is hell for you on the inside during the week, so you happy to get out. But I ain't going to be messy today. I mean, either way, like, it's a lot of them happy homes where, and you know what, let's let's touch on this one too, because we got these homes where it's two parents in there, but you know that old saying, Papa was a rolling stone? <laughs> or pop, or Mama's how, baby, Papa's many- baby. How many, how many of us is dealing with, you know, we're dealing with that now, you know, there was no question of paternity with me, but let's be real. My grandparents, again, as an example, sorry, but we all knew what was, um, hold on a second. What's this? 
I'm just here listening. Oh, okay. You hit the call in button. Oh, shit. Helmet. Anyway. Um, what was my question? Oh. I said, uh, what was I saying? Something about, oh, um, so we had, you know, this dynamic where it's like, okay, we know one person in the family wasn't being faithful. One one of the parents ain't being faithful. One of the parents is, is straying out of the marriage and, and making kids outside or of said marriage. And, or both. I mean, in my grandparents' case, it was one during the quote-unquote marriage, but whatever. You know, and it was kind of well-known. Like, you know, and how many of these broken homes are, are just like that? I know plenty of uh, people who, friends, their parents, whoever, that grew up in that same environment where it's like you just know, okay, mama was probably, or grandma was probably the faithful one, but papa was the Rolling Stone, and he got a couple of secret kids running around this motherfucker that ain't so secret. You know, there's misery in this household, <laughs> but it's two parents there. My mama has stories to tell uh, basically, them old folks banging the gap, they was something serious. But the way that my grandfather, before he died, my grandfather was sitting there talking to us and he said, back in the day, they didn't have that mentality of, oh, well, you did this, you cheated, whatever, we getting divorced. It just wasn't happening. You're going to stay together. So anything that's caught in your trap is yours. Even if it means your wife stepped out, crept, got pregnant, came home, you know that ain't your baby. You can look at it and tell it ain't your baby or whatever, but you're not going to have all the neighbors in your business and you're going to raise that child like it's yours and we ain't going to talk about it. Or your wife knows about that little boy that you had on the side and maybe she didn't. you didn't bring that child home. But then some years later, all of a sudden, poof, this child pops up and says, oh, yeah, by the way, this is his son. Wait a minute, what? Where does this one come from? So it's like, then you look at the trickle-down effect of that mentality because now you got to wonder what was that kid's life like? Did he actually participate in his life? Or, you know, was he just the secret elephant in the room, so to speak, that, you know, got talked about or made to feel some type of way? Like, there's all types of different things. Or did he step up as a man and say, yeah, I can't bring you home, but I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to come throw the ball with you on the weekend. So is that little boy's home broken in essence just because I'm not in the house with your mother, me and your mama messed up, but I'm still going to be your dad. Yeah, and the problem being that, I mean, you got a bunch of resentment built up between the heads of the household and you can't act like although in our community it's very common where they act like the kids don't see this shit or we don't notice the shit but the kids definitely see that there's there even though if they can't necessarily put it into words we can see you know the kids can see something right here between mama and daddy something you know and in the old folks case you know a lot of them will do that thing where all of a sudden they start sleeping in separate rooms mm-hmm you wouldn't sleep in separate rooms when Because I know for for several years my grandparents slept in separate rooms. 
I remember it because even after they went back into the same room together, when they were in the house in St. Louis, we always referred to the guest room as grandma's room. And grandpa's room was the room that they ultimately slept in together. That's just how it was for a few years. Mm. Don't know why. Don't care why. I ain't, I'm not here to bash, but that's what I saw. That's what I was used to. So up until the day they moved from that house, if we had to go into the guest room to get something, because her a lot of her stuff would also be in the closet because the closets weren't huge anyway. So some of her stuff would get stored and then she had more clothes. But if she had to send us to go get something, you know, she'd say go even though she's sitting in their room that they share together, she would say, Go in my room and grab such and such. I mean, good. To me, that's that's kind of broken. It's like really broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, what's even more broken is if the kids, uh, maybe like you said, they can't put it in words, but then you got the kids that can put it in words, but it's called be seen and not heard. So you riding in the car with daddy, and daddy is stopping by every little chicken head's house that he got on the roster, and you know every last one of them. Or when daddy going to work or something, you see the dudes coming to creep over. I saw, I was reading, I want to say it was a Reddit story the other night, and it was cringe as hell to me. It was about this girl's grandparents, and I guess the grandfather had dementia or something, and then he was dying or something, but he kept saying, somebody's in my house, and they're using my stuff. Well, they kept trying to paint him as crazy, but then come find out, that was going on for two years. He wasn't crazy. That was grandma's boyfriend coming over every night, but she kept using that to make everybody think he was crazy and keep him medicated. So you got shiesty stuff like that going on with the kids present or under their nose. And people don't stop to think about their actions and what it's going to do. Speaking of which, I'll tell you one other thing that to me indicates a broken home. If they got the motto, if the parents have instilled a motto in you of what goes in this house stays in this house. If they got that motto, it's some shady. It's some criminal shit shit going on. Oh, that too. It's it's either criminal or either way, it's shady. It's broken. Mm -hmm. It's fucked up. It's traumatic. Something ain't going on properly in this household because it's gonna be frowned upon. That's why I don't have that rule. Frowned upon. That's why they don't want it out there because they know it ain't right. So we don't want the neighbors and and the church folks and everybody else talking about us. So just just shut your mouth and 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 we ain't gonna tell them that your sister got knocked out. We gonna tell them she fell down the steps and keep it moving. And it can even be stuff like because with my grand with my grandfather it was when money was tight. When you know back in the day when they had them points where with no damn power in the house, that was a, what goes on in this house stays in this house. You weren't allowed to tell those things, and he still kind of has that mentality, and it's really detrimental. But I mean, at least now he don't have no little True. kids with him. But you know, some it, you know, it's not always necessarily the, the most criminal or you know allegations of you know abuse or sexual assault. But sometimes it's just a matter of their pride. Being, you know, being unwilling to ask for some fucking help when they need it because they don't make some stupid ass choices or just because shit got mm-hmm. hard. But because of your pride, you won't go ask for help. You don't want nobody to know 
ain't no lights on in the house, ain't no gas in the house, ain't no food in this motherfucking house. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's traumatic in and of itself because it's like, dude, you know, the basic necessities that we're supposed to have, you can't provide and you won't go to someone else that can help you provide. And I feel that that's jacked up when you bring that up because, and I'm not ashamed of nothing that I've been through. It, It made me who I am now. When my oldest baby was two, I was going through some rough shit. I mean, I was working at an auto parts store before I lost my job making six fifty an hour. And my water got turned off. And the thought that hit me was, I don't want my baby to have a recollection of this. So in order to keep him from suffering in silence at home, to keep everybody else feeling some type of way, I reached out. My neighbor funneled a water hose through my window so that I could put water from her house to wash my dishes and give my child a hot bath because I boiled that water and I cleaned him up and he was none the wiser. He can't tell you to this day that the water or the lights was ever out in that house because I reached out for the help that was needed. When I said I was low on food, I either called my mother and said, Mom, I need groceries. Or I took my ass to the food bank and did not give a damn who saw me. But you got people that will let their kids starve to save face for a community that ain't even really got their back. Yep. And, you know, I look at at stuff like this. Like, my mother was not one of those. She was one of those, I'm going to find a way to get something done. But... The the problem that we ended up having sometimes when I was growing up was when she would reach out for help to family, mm-hmm. she wouldn't get it. The A lot of her help with raising us came from her chosen family. Like my one, both of my godmothers, because I have two, one of which I'm unfortunately unable to find or get in touch with, but the one, um, Kim, that's, you know, got me to grandma's funeral or whatever. Um, people like her, her mama, my other godmother, who was, never mind, but my other godmother would help, you know, it helped a lot, you know, with with making sure she would always call and make sure, you know, I had things or ask if we needed help. If, you know, my mother's other best friend, um, Elisa. She, you know, oh, her other friend, Candy, like she had friends like that, that would be more likely to be of help than the family. But my mother was never so prideful like my grandfather was that she wouldn't reach out and ask. She just stopped asking them. Because it's like, how many times can you be told no before it's like, okay, well, fuck it, I'll go find somebody else. And you bring up another interesting point with that because now you have just introduced a different concept into it. They so focused on the nuclear family, they're not looking at the concept of extended families, whether it's grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever, or even like you said, our own village. We create a village. Even with you, my kids call you Uncle Brandon. You know, when we talk to each other, look what your nephew did today, or check out what your niece did today, or... We are our own village. Even if we don't have a whole lot, I can look and say, shit, my boy needs something right now. 
uh, check your cash app. I sent you 10, 20, whatever. It may not be the whole amount of whatever it is, but it's there. And nine times out of 10, you didn't really have to ask for it because we can assess that situation and say it's needed. And like you said, family will sometimes, quote unquote, just because they blood don't mean they're going to be right there with you. They'll turn their nose up at you and say that's your problem. So family is what you you make I don't think, and I don't think that's giving enough credit because for me, both growing up, you know, most of our, you know, the people that I felt like were family were not biologically related to me, aside from my mom and sister. And then as I'm raising my own kids, it's my village just stepping in, you know, that helped me get through these. It's my village that when I'm, you know, with the youngest one was like, okay, I need separation from him before I beat him. Um, it was my best friend, Michael Ann, that came and got him and said, I'll keep him this weekend because y'all need a break. It's, it's too much going on here. You know, my my mother obviously helped out quite a bit. You know, she would send the kids stuff, send gifts. If food was getting a little low, she would help out. Um, my daddy helped out a few times too, and he would help babysit. But then there was like you and Kia, um, Jeremy, because he's on the show too. If I need something for these kids, one of y'all, and if I can't do it, one of y'all do it. Even if y'all can't do the whole thing. So if it's like, okay, well, I got this much that I got to come up with to do this for the kid. Everybody will pull together. Yeah, everybody pulls together and gets me what I need. And not a damn one of y'all are biologically related to me, except for my mom and daddy. And <laughs> you the know, crazy part is it don't even have to just the be rest, for the kids. You know, we can look out for each other because let's be real, as parents, we cannot be there for our kids fully if our own mental health is suffering. So if you having a day or something and you need a damn laugh, you need someone to sound off to, you shit, you need a bottle of wine and can't go buy the wine. <laughs> Hey, bro, here's $15 for that wine. Go on and relax your nerves. Let your hair down. <laughs> Whatever it is. And considering the wine that I drink, that gets me a bottle, or one big bottle, one small bottle, $15. I, I, I love my sweet red wine, and then I'll get one of the little cheap ones. I'm trying good. to tell you. you but know? that's self-care. But as long as we are that village, we have created a family in a sense that no, it's not your traditional nuclear family, but at the end of the day, those kids are feeling all the love. They know that there's support. They know there's something they can't go talk to the parent about, maybe because they don't want to get cussed out or whatever. <laughs> they know they can go talk to their auntie or their uncle or somebody. And and when you look at it and yeah. say, oh, that family's broken, the daddy left. Look at my kids. My oldest son will tell you, he just said it probably a week or two ago. He's only 19, but he came to this conclusion. No, my dad wasn't there. But at the end of the day, grandma is my other parent. She's more like another mom. So I never had a family that didn't have two parents. In his mind, he had a whole unit. And for my kids, you know, after talking to them, while they were with me, and even now, they don't really feel like my home was the broken home. Now, their original home was broke as fuck. But the most at peace that they were were when they were in my household because there were things that they never had to worry about with me that they had to worry about in their, in their original mm-hmm. home. You never had to worry about with me whether or not you were going to get food. 
Now, you might have to worry about whether or not you can get some damn snacks, and that was probably a punishment because you was pissing me <laughs> off or you don't fuck up in school. But they didn't have to worry about, am I going to eat today? Mm-hmm. They didn't have to worry about, is the air conditioning working or is the heat working? You know, they didn't have to worry about, is the water going to be hot when I go to turn it on? Hell no, because if I went in there one time and that water wasn't hot, uh, the leasing office got cussed clean the fuck out because I paid them bills. Or even being one um, of the kids to say, I can't do my homework now because we don't have no internet or nothing. Bull, either we going to have some at this house or I'm going to take you to somebody's house that do have some, but you ain't got no excuse not to get that work done. And my phone got a hotspot on it, baby. So one way or another, it was always going to get <laughs> done. They didn't have to worry about... Make it happen. They never had to worry about n- not having clothes or not having clean clothes. You know, I had at, at you know back in St. Louis, I had a wash and dryer in my basement. Now here we got laundry mats, but you never gonna be walking around in dirty clothes. I gotta wash boys out, on which hand. they had before. I know how to wash them out on hand, rinse them real good, and hang them up to dry. Quit playing with me. And if need be, I can get that blow dryer out and get that shirt good and dry for you, and go on iron it, go on about your business. You ain't going to school funky. I mean, and technically, um, both of the younger two boys, I know for a fact, know how to wash clothes by hand because I taught them. And it wasn't, you know, for those that would be wondering, it wasn't because no bills were paid or no shit like that. No. One of my children had a bathroom issue, and what he was not going to do was put that in my fucking washer. So he had to learn how to hand wash his drawers and and any clothes that got messed up because that was not going to go into my washer. So I took him in the bathroom and I taught him how to hand wash his clothes. I taught him how to how much detergent to use. I taught him how to rub that shit in. I taught him how to wring it out, rinse it out, wring it out again. And how to hang it up and let it dry and all that. Mm-hmm. So they knew how to wash clothes. Just like I, I do. I mean, cause shit sometimes the I mean, got hurt and, and his brother because they couldn't find band-aids or whatever, which I don't know why he didn't get in the car and go drive and get a box of them, but okay. He came up, like I told you, with some cotton balls and some damn tape and said, well, I fixed your injury until they come home. <laughs> but we've taught our kids survival and creativity. If our homes were broken and not safe or healthy or whatever, our kids would not know how to handle themselves. They flounder. So again... What makes the yeah. home broken? Is it just the fact of saying you got the male and the female parent in present? Because if that's the case, I'd rather be from a broken home than from one of them other homes. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and then to use my oldest son as an example. You know, that would have been the one that I semi-questioned myself a little bit with, and he the one that's on my phone all the hmm. damn time. He calls me and texts me at the slightest goddamn inconvenience. He calls, he'll text just, hey, Pops, how you doing? And he switches between Pops and Dad. I don't never, I don't never know which of the two I'm going to get, but it don't really matter. He knows not to call me by my goddamn name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Leave my nephew alone. Just going to be, no, nah, just going to be real. All three of your nephews don't call these hands at least one time for calling me by my name. If you started calling me dad, you better keep calling me dad. That's what the hell I am. My name is no longer Brandon to you. The only time you use my name is if somebody asks you what your daddy's name is. Don't I'm fucking to play think, with me. Has told me about my but, name? I don't think he has. I don't think he... He tells his friends his mama was savage. I only refer to my mama... I don't believe that it's fair. Yeah, I, I do refer to my mama when I'm talking to y'all by her name. 
but I don't call her her name to her face because I'm not trying to get Boy, punched in my get your teeth with her. I but do tease mama though. I from, do tease Bertha. Mm, Stella. I'll be like, come here, Bertha. And she'll be like, you better watch that Bertha stuff. You gotta catch me first. <laughs> but I mean, that's just me and her being petty and messing with each other. But at the end of the day, I st- I'm, I'm a grown-ass woman. I call my mom mommy. I don't give a damn. You can talk about me if you want. That's my mommy. And we'll be my mommy until yeah, I'm and- old and gray. And, you know, consider, and again, reminding people, I keep, I raise my boys solo with no relationship involved while I'm raising these kids. But my oldest son, comma tell his bit of pettiness, tells me the other day, as he's looking for my Father's Day gift, and be aware that my oldest son knows exactly who his bio parents are, both of them. He knows who daddy is because he's named after him. And, you know, he still deals with his mama. But... Father's Day comes around and, you know, I guess his sperm donor, because that's what he is, felt like he was entitled to a Father's Day gift. And my child decided to tell him he wasn't getting him shit. He was getting me a Father's Day gift. <laughs> Matter of fact, I got a text message today to let me know that my Father's Day gift will be here on Friday. But that just goes back to say that your home wasn't the broken home. Your home was where he felt like he had love and support that was needed. Your home, even though you have moved to a whole nother state, your home is still that beacon for him. So when he says, I'm going to pay my respects and homage to this man who is helping me become better than what I was. Yeah, because this dude over here, you might have shot the nut, but bruh, that, that wasn't, that ain't it. You not the dad. That ain't enough to be, to be dad. Sorry. And that's literally yeah. all that his daddy actually managed to pull off. You, you bust the nut to make him, but the majority of his life, except for two years round about when he was 10, so from about 10 to 12, you, but other than that, you've been in jail all his life. And even when you were out of jail, you know, you weren't doing still shit. shit. Still wasn't shit. Still wasn't worth a French fry titty fuck. And is in jail now and has been in jail. And now that would be a broken home because him and his jail. mama and his daddy he's were. He's in jail, but he's talking about why he ain't yeah. getting the Father's Day gift. Bitch. Fuck him. Because <laughs> I'm just jail. like. Huh. out of that jailhouse. You, you don't even deserve that one right now. Exactly. And even if he was out, even if he was out, he still shouldn't get so, shit. And, and to be fair, Pop, no matter where Pops is at, that's that's really home. Basically, because he's still trying to get here. We or we've been discussing that one because he really he really wants to come up here and he really wants to move up here, which I don't exactly have a problem with. It's just that because of my fostering situation, he can't live in my house as an adult right now because I don't have another room for him. I only have a two-bedroom, so I'm not giving him a fucking room. He and I can't share a room. And while realistic, <laughs> while knowing him, he would allow himself to stay in there on the couch. First off, my couch is not supposed to be a permanent fucking bed. Second of all, I would have to put him on my foster license and due to some issues that he got going on, know that that work out. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm, look, I'm looking at Amtrak. I'm looking at fucking Amtrak for him. I'm... He would probably rather do Amtrak than the flight because he's scared to fly. Yeah, I know. So I'm so I've been looking at Amtrak's from like 
Or like St. Louis defeat I mean, I was going to put, if, if I bring him up here, I was going to put him on the damn flight. And I was going to tell him, if you're going to be a little bitch about it, then you better take his fucking knife quill before you get in this damn flight. Hey, the melatonin night <laughs> And ask the hostess to wake your dumb ass up the when you get there. The melatonin night quill so you can go on the sleep. Whatever. Whatever, but you know, but you know, we've had a couple of talks and we're probably going to have some know more talks cool about him coming up he here came because he there for a visit, but, but somehow was able to, you know, at least start that employment process and find him somewhere to stay, which means he could maybe find himself his own little cheap one bedroom or studio apartment. Which I can help with. Which I can help. You know, and I don't have a problem with helping with. Um, my thing with him was what I always remind him, like, don't just do shit spur of the moment. Don't just get mad at somebody up there and be like, well, daddy, I want to come. I'm coming to stay with you. The fuck? No, no, no. Why are we coming to stay here? How long do you think you're going to be here? Because if you're going to be here longer than 30 days, then I have to add you to my foster license. Mm. So if you're going to come up here, you got to come up here. If you're going to move up here, you got to move up here with a plan to be out my fucking house before 30 days, which is not, you know, me being an, an asshole parent that is, okay, I have other children that I'm going to take in and, you know, I don't need nothing to, it's, it's hard enough getting this damn foster license. So I don't need nothing else to interfere in that. But, which I've talked to him about, I told him exactly what's going on. So he asked me about it to see what's going on. And in the event that I, for, for any reason, were to change my mind and just say, fuck it, I don't feel like doing the fostering thing no more because he's starting to get on my damn nerve, I let him move over there and take the other room. Mm-hmm. And my thing with him, and, you know, I don't expect him to pay half on anything. You still my kid. You're going to pay something because you're grown. Right, like this. Um, but I wouldn't be like, because my rent high as hell. My, my rent high as hell. So I'm not going to be like, um, I'm going to need you to pay half of this high than a bitch ass rent. Uh-uh. But I'd be like, you know, you can put in on, on the utilities. Definitely put in on food because you eat more than I do, little asshole. Like, you know, and, you know, I would still have some basic rules for my house that I would deem as respectful because I'm still your dad. But it wouldn't be, you don't have no damn curfew anymore. <laughs> if you want to stay out of this motherfucker till three in the morning, I don't give a shit. Just don't wake me up when you come in and don't bring, you know, don't bring your company to my house. You, you do that yeah, elsewhere. Right. I don't want to hear no weird noise. That's what they got hotels for. Yeah. I wake up here at weird noise. I'm finna embarrass you both. So I'm just, I'm just, just letting you know. Does the but... still stand <laughs> that he can't touch the Ben and Jerry's? Hell yeah. The fuck? Don't do not touch any of my Ben and Jerry's, anything cheesecake flavored, anything cookie dough flavored, unless you want to get shit. When I'm around you, that means I gotta buy two of everything because we can't share. We cannot share. No, not at all. Because you just named all my flavors. All of my kids know this about me. All of them. Cookie dough, brownie, any of that. Uh, don't touch my stuff. Just, just don't touch it. And I mean, as parents, our kids know those rules, and they know what they can get away with. And and for us to be quote unquote single parents, we got our own stuff. The kids got their stuff. You got the, each child got different flavors and tastes. I'm gonna do it, but yet yeah, we still are able to make that happen. And you got some kids coming from these quote unquote intact families that. They still don't know what it's like to have their own anything. 
they don't know what it's like to have the support because when you say oh you got a a a christmas program or a, a you know father's day program whatever coming up Donuts with dad, whatever. And then that child never has anybody show up. But you got mom and dad in the house with you. But they'll never show up and show out for you. Whereas these single parents, we coming through making noise. We coming through saying, that's my baby. We got the banners, the air horns, the confetti. Damn, they're a marching band. Yeah, I mean, and then my children know certain life skills that I know children that are I know adults that don't know so all of all of my boys and, and Charmaine so she's basically my daughter so all four of my children they know how to clean they know how to at least do some basic cooking what I trust them with you know because I'll teach, I'll teach them whatever they don't know well some of them just don't, don't like cooking Charmaine mm. Charmaine has always cooked so, like, she started cooking when she was, like, fucking six. So, that's oh, not the one I'm talking about. But, like, the oldest one, I made sure he knew enough basics so that he wasn't so dependent on somebody else to do it. But he really didn't want to learn well, how to cook, you know, the full meals that I do. Your nephew hurts me. I, I, I want to teach him knife skills. Like, like, basically, knife skills that you learn in the kitchen. Because I work in a restaurant. Okay. Like Dante, when he's stern, mm-hmm. it bothers me. Like he—he's—he's he's stiff, or it—it it irks my soul to see him stir a pot for me. If I say, "Watch this," while I go into the other room or something, and I come back and he's stiffly stirring, and I'm like, "What are you?" I'm like, bro, you finna make the flavor of my food just in hell. I quit. Well, see, the advantage I had with the two younger boys was that every time I went in the kitchen, they would fall. Mm -hmm. They wanted to help. And even the littlest one, he would always ask. When my mama came down, she noticed that he would would come in and ask, can I help do something? That's cool. And you give him something that's not dangerous to do. So I don't don't want him to cut shit. No, we're not going to do knives. But if it's something that can be stirred or something that can be watched or something that can be moved, he would watch me with how I would season things. He had a, a an utter fucking love for the damn crock pot and the air fryer. Yeah, crock pots are crock pots are basically modern day cauldrons. <laughs> yep, and the little one loved that shit. Like if, if when that came out, he knew. Okay, I'm gonna get something I really like. Some nachos, some chili, hot roast, uh, soup. Yeah, he, look. Tenderloins all day. Like, even, yeah, like I, I, I even do my chicken in, in my pot. crock If pot, I yeah. got the time to do it, I put them on the night before to let them bad boys slow cook until the next day. Come out tender as a mother's love. To be fair, I need right. I need a couple of extra crock pots at this point because I'm just like I be needing to do multiple things at a time in the crock pot and just let it now, go. The thing I won't Thanksgiving let, gonna be I don't want I don't want to let Caleb mess with yet is the um what they call it the hot pot or the quick pot or whatever that is it's like a pressure cooker that bad boy will cook a roast in one hour minutes. Mm. it's just you got to be careful when you let the steam off of it because that steam will burn the living shit out you or the lid can blow if you remove it prematurely but other than that Caleb want to learn to cook he's been 
He just learned how to do minute rice because I, I don't like the other rice. That's just too much of my energy. But he knows how to do the minute rice now. And he knows how to put the lid on it and set it to the side. If you got a rice cooker, it's not perfect. I haven't tried that before. I was going to say, if you got a rice cooker, your rice could come out perfect. I haven't tried it, so I might have to try Yeah. It. I got a rice cooker as a gift. I got a rice cooker as a gift one time for cooking for somebody's anniversary, for a friend's anniversary. Mm-hmm. It's oh, been a, cool. a blessing. Just to see, because I, I have a thing about rice. If it's hard or or like the pieces of not all of it's even, I just get turned off by it. Or if it's gummy, like it just, mm, I need it to be fluffy. Cause I find I find myself making fried I find myself making fried rice very often, and the secret to making good fried rice is letting it get huh? cold. You know what you need to be doing is what I told you to do about three fucking months ago, and send me that recipe. I you know I need instructions because once I get the actual instructions in front of me and I do it like once or twice, then I'll be able to put my spin on it. But you need to send me this recipe because at this point I want to fight. Okay. <laughs> Y'all gonna laugh at me. I but, got a recipe to try to make. I mean, the, uh, well, I didn't um, to make the uh, the Italian beef. I got a recipe for it. I got the 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 fat and everything out in the freezer so that I can try to make the broth and all this stuff. <laughs> and I got a, I got a meat slicer. I mean, and, so it ain't you know, gonna for shredded. It's kids. gonna be sliced. I got a meat slicer. You know, and for the future kids that I do get, that cooking is something I intend to teach them. If the oldest one come up here, he's going to fucking learn to cook today. Because the one thing I kept telling him was, you know, he what I told him one time, because I asked him, don't you want to learn how to cook? And he was like, no, that's what I got a girl for. I said, the fuck? No, sir. Uh, no, sir. No, no, sir. sir. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not. that. That's Ooh, There was that. I was like, first off, we, we don't do sexism in my house. Secondly, you should not be able be dependent on somebody else to do something that you can learn. Because if she get mad and say you ain't tonight, you gonna be a hungry ninja. You ain't eating, partner. You better you better go down to you better go get you some you fast food or something. If she ain't cooking, and then I told him I said, you know, one of these days, you know. Hopefully in the distant future, but mama's not gonna be here no more. Dad, this daddy's not gonna be here no more. You know, you don't you don't want to be dependent on somebody else to cook the things that we know how to cook because this generation don't necessarily know how to cook how mm-hmm. I know how to cook. And I look at the stuff that my mm-hmm. mom instills in my boys, even though you know she's seventy four, she'll be seventy five next next month on the sixteenth. My mom is the one who taught my oldest to cut the grass to edge the grass to trim the bushes to do fertilizing and all of that it my mom instilled that it wasn't his dad it wasn't another male figure that was my mom that was my village so now my son knows how to maintain certain things he still learns I'm still teaching him. You got to learn how to change these filters, these vent things, these lights, uh, get the ladder and do this. My child's been watching me paint since he could walk because I love painting rooms and accent walls. So he knows how to 
take the edges of this or that. He's watching me. But again, that's me as a single parent making something happen, working within my budget. And I'm teaching my child certain things that other kids don't learn because those broken parents, forget the the home is not broken, the broken parents ain't teaching them squat. And so they're raising a whole bunch of little assholes to run around and be adult assholes that don't know how to have kids. And so then they have that generational cycle. Emotionally stunted adults having emotionally stunted kids and it just goes on and on. Like, it's so, like, it's so much stuff. Now, and then you got kids that despite coming from broken homes, they teach themselves mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I taught, like, I taught myself about checkbooks. I taught myself about bank accounts. I taught myself how to cook. I taught myself how to cut grass. I did have help learning that one, but um, I was going to point out... How to use the lawnmower? Yeah, I taught myself that. I was going to point out something else that um, the argument that they make with us with single parents that they're quote-unquote have these broken homes. Well, what do you do when the child needs, you know, the in your case, a man around to teach them how to do this, 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 or to, you know, discipline them or blah, 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 or in my case... Well, what do you do when they need a more feminine touch around? First of fucking all, let me tell y'all something. Um, a, I have a village of females because all of my friends, with the exception of my brother on this line, are fucking female. So if they need a motherly figure right at, at, at that moment, all of y'all have stepped in at one point or another. Every last one of y'all has has at some point said a few words to one of my children. Even if it's down to um, catch a flight, don't this. I've called, you know, because uh, Kia went clean the fuck off on the youngest one when he was clowning one day. Because, <laughs> and it was just one of those times where I knew better than to try to discipline him myself. And she was on the phone, and he had had he'd had one of his tantrums, oh. and Kia stepped in. And she let his ass have it. He had another mini tantrum, but he shut the fuck up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his other things, you know, I had Michael Ann step in on. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm finna go to prison. And it's not, that's not what I need to do right now. <laughs> like, and she stepped in and, and gave the softer response that I was not capable of giving in mm-hmm. that moment because I was pissed the fuck off. Yeah. My mother definitely did it a lot. She would step in and, and I, I talked shit to her after. I was like, wait a minute. Excuse me, ma'am. Ma'am. Because <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> I'd have got my head knocked between the fucking refrigerator and the counter. <laughs> but, you know, I had these people to step in to do that softer things for me sometimes. Or, but I also figured out how to do certain shit myself. So, I'm a single parent. I don't have a woman in the house with me or a more feminine personality in the house with me. But my youngest child needed a lot of babying. The shit that he did not get from his mother. I okay, so am I going to drive? I remember, I, there's been times I've called you and said, um, talk to your nephew. I, I don't know what to tell him. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't even know what perspective to give. I, I'm trying. Talk to Uncle Brandon. <laughs> but even for me, though, it's not uncomfortable because to me, it's all knowledge. So 
I don't have a problem telling my son, who was a teen, he's still a teenager, but he's about to be 20. I didn't have a problem talking to him about STDs. I didn't have a problem talking to him about the use of condoms, selecting the right size condom for what you're working with. The the thing of don't ha- expect her to bring it or whatever because, hell, she may have poked a hole in it or whatever. I didn't have a problem talking to him about how to properly treat a woman because I am a woman. And it wasn't saying, oh, I'm going to raise a feminine son, da-da-da-da-da. Not at all. I want my son to be whatever he is supposed to be, whether it's masculine. I'd really prefer him to have a healthy balance between feminine and masculine because I want him to be well-rounded. But I didn't have a problem having that conversation, and I never understood when people say, oh, <laughs> you ain't going to know how to talk to him because you're not a man. So translation is, I'm not going to tell him how to be a hoe and how to get his stroke game down. The lies you tell, because I'm a woman, and the shit you think mm. you're doing doesn't always be the right damn thing, because sometimes we roll our eyes and count the dots on the damn ceiling. So he might have a better chance of being the Mac of all Macs fucking with his mama, because uh, I ain't have to. I mean, and for me, it was just, like I said, you know, when I have those moments where my children needed that more, you know, softer approach to things, I learned how to do that on my own. Um, I need men to understand it's there's not a problem with you, you know, holding your children, right? Not just when they're little bitty. You should be able to hold and comfort your children. And especially if you do like me and you're fostering children, um, none of my children, maturity wise, their maturity never matches their age. Okay. None of them. Yeah, not even the oldest one. The oldest one, not as bad. Actually, his maturity kind of matches his age, but with the younger two boys and he, all of the other, you know, boys that I had in foster care, their maturity was significantly lower than their physical age. You got to learn how to deal with shit on the level and the age and maturity at that they're actually at. So that meant, you know, my seven to now almost 11 year old. What when I got him had the maturity of a fucking three year old. So when he's throwing tantrums, he's throwing tantrums like a goddamn three year old. So to those people that thought that there was something you know missing in the house, what was I supposed to do? Drive twenty five minutes over to Michael Ann's house to get her to sit there and hold him? No, you fucking dumbass! I did it. You learn how to do the things that need to be done, and all the talks that needed to be had with these these boys, I had. I had, you know, I had the sex talk on more than one occasion. On one case, I was definitely not prepared, wasn't high enough, but I had a fucking conversation anyway. Um, I even, and to be fair, I've sort of had the discussion with Charmaine too. When she hit puberty, we had, I had a couple of discussions with her that I didn't fucking want to have. I did not picture myself ever explaining to a girl how to clean up after herself and dispose of her pads, but I sure in the absolute fuck did. You do what you have to do because I had the mental capacity to do it at the moment. So I did it. And I, I commend men for that. Didn't, I commend y'all because hell, my best friend uh, one summer his daughter came and you know, again, that whole cycle thing or whatever and we, t- we tag teamed it. It was like okay, what are you doing? Do you have what you need? Da, 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 da. He called me what am I supposed to get her? All these damn things got wings and colors. <laughs> Which box am I getting? And I laughed and I 
I said, get her this one, it'll help. But as a man, he did not have an issue saying, my daughter needs something, I'm going to the store to get it. I'm not going to act like I can't do it because I'm a man. He pushed that pride to the side. Because I was like, yeah, because I certainly did it, like, you know, on a couple of different occasions for her. Like, oh, you need what? Send me exactly what kind you need so I can grab the shit and go. Standing in a damn line with damn things in my head and looking at motherfuckers like, what, bitch? Like, I got a daughter. And? Right. I mean, where are you going to stick it in your ear? I'm trying to understand what people, people's mentality, a lot of societal pressures and and norms and things are just fucking weird to me and and that's where all the confusion comes from like i said like we talking about with this whole concept of broken families or nuclear families versus each other why family should be just that family no matter what it looks like hell you could be a, a single person raising three kids with the help of a damn smart ass dog but that's the family and as long as those kids got what they need why does it matter but people are so busy worrying about how they're perceived by others and at the end of the day stop worrying about that those people are not paying not nan light bill nan grocery bill when your kid is sick they're not getting up in the middle of the night or running to the hospital they're not doing any of the school meetings that have to be done they're not clothing them they're not even having the necessary conversations but yet those are the people that most are letting dictate how their home is supposed to look we gotta stop we gotta do better yep and and you can't be insecure when it comes to your kids you said what that's true can't be insecure when you cannot be insecure when it comes to your kids and my that shit is like that shit is wild and my other thing would be this Having raised these children that are in the foster system to all these people that are caught up on these nuclear families and you don't want the queers to adopt or foster and all that shit, let me tell you something. Most of these kids that are in the foster system, especially ones that have been in there for a while, even the ones that are fresh in there, you know what the fuck they want? They want someone that actually mm-hmm. loves them. What they want is somebody that's going to provide for them. They not None of my kids give a french fried titty fuck that I fuck men. Just need y'all to know that. And I, my children all understand that I like men. They also understand I like women. We And the older ones, we've had these conversations. Too many, which are main, to be quite perfectly honest. It's, it's weird how, how in-depth those conversations actually go, but whatever. That's a sexual um, preference. But I had it with... a badge to say that you're a good or a bad parent. That's just a personal preference that don't have shit to do with nothing. So people need to stop. Like you said, they want love. they want somebody who's going to be present and attentive some kids and and, and in your case some of these kids that are in that foster system because i deal with them at the hospital at the psych hospital they run up and give me hugs because nobody is hugging them or nobody is saying oh you did a good job sometimes these kids just want a compliment or some encouragement and they might have, you know, mama and daddy or auntie, uncle raising them or whatever, but they're not getting that at home. They got to go outside the home to get it. Yeah. Kids want appreciation. And, you know, the- they just want validation and appreciation. And 
parents, and some parents out there really just don't want to give that shit because they weren't giving it as as kids. And some, you know, that explains other, a lot in my case. The other thing too is, you know, some with my kids, one of the biggest thing that gets me got them to stop doing certain shit, giving them fucking choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't just mean, you know, little basic shit. Sometimes, like, my kids more often than not pick what we ate for dinner. And a lot of people would ask me, well, why, why the fuck are you asking them what they want? I am sorry. Aren't these humans? Don't they have a right to know what they want in their stomach? Now, don't get it twisted. If you tell me one thing and you change your mind after I already cooked the one goddamn thing that you told me you want, you fuck, you fucked for that day. You gonna eat what the fuck I made. Facts. But if I ask, but, and I, all of my children understand this, especially my middle son, he learned the hard way. You eat what I cook or motherfucker, you starve. But I give them choices. So I'm going in the grocery store. I can I don't know what the hell I want for dinner tonight. What y'all want? Pick out something. After I went to the grocery store, and you know the, the freezer is full or whatever. Wake up in the morning, go look in the damn freezer and pick, take something out that y'all want for for dinner tonight because I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Or I don't feel like cooking. What do y'all want to eat? Now I had to give some addendums for some of my children because I'm like, if you fucking say McDonald's, I'm going to prison today. <laughs> Bruh, your nephew killed me with McDonald's. I'm, bruh, I'm so sick. Of, I, I I was so sick of McDonald's with the youngest one. Like, bruh, pick literally anything other. Bitch, at this point, I'll take fucking Burger King. Pick something. Hell, I'm the Shit. bougie mama. I'll give you the option to have Outback or Red Lobster. You want Red Lobster? You want some Olive Garden? Sick of this. I get I'm sick of McDonald's. I don't want no checkers. I don't want no no Burger King. I don't want nothing that's got Burg in it. I just give me something different. I even on my days. So Father's Day is my day, and my kids all know this. That that's exactly what my oldest son said to me. I would still say, "Y'all got any idea what y'all want to eat?" Mm-hmm. You know why they love my, you know, Father's Day and my birthday and shit? Because they knew I wasn't going to, I wouldn't buy shit cheap. I want fuck bread lobster. I want some Outback. I want some, I want something nice and pricey, damn it. I want something good. And they would chip in with those type of things on those days. And on the regular days, they might start off by saying, well, can we get McDonald's? And I'm like, no, I want something good. I want something that actually has some fucking taste to it. Give me something better. Mm-hmm. And then I might, like give, them, and I might give them a few it. options. Like, I, or I'll say, I feel like I want to go sit down somewhere. I don't want to sit in McDonald's. What about Applebee's? What about Outback? What about this? What about that? What about Give them choices and let them make the damn choice. And it cut back on a lot of the tantrums that I was getting. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. For the, for those that were like, oh, you just give it. No, I don't give in to the damn tantrum. Like, the fuck? No. However, if I can cut a problem off at the pass, or lower the amount of times I'm going to have to deal with the behavior by doing something that doesn't actually inconvenience me mm-hmm. that much. So allowing you to have a choice on that one. Oh. Allowing you to choose your snacks. Allowing you to choose your drinks. Allowing you to choose the color of shirt um, you're wearing or whatever. Child, all these kids had dressed their goddamn selves. So I was like, look here, I'm just going to look. I'm going to just let you dress yourself. Like but Steve please understand that. Your ass in the dark. I'm just saying, cause, <laughs> baby, because uh, they know daddy will flame you real quick, fast, in a hurry. If they heard the words, what the fuck, fly out of my mouth, they already knew that that wasn't exactly what the hell they no, should have no, had on. You know, my middle child had... I know you fucking lying. 
Look, the middle child had a problem with wearing clothes that was two, two, three sizes too damn small. So he would come the fuck out, and I'm like, "Who the fuck told you? Is we shopping at fucking Baby Gap? Why? No, what is this? I Why is this on? Because you know Caleb's a big boy. He gonna be big. He gonna be tall. I told him one day he'll put on some mm-hmm. damn shorts that was too little. I said, "Bro, you might have been on the phone with me when I said that. Free yo nuts. I want grandchildren someday." <laughs> <laughs> No, see, I, I, I do one better on that one because I just break out with, look at that boy, them Daisy Dukes on. <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> so, you know, I I have those problems, but I'm like, I'm going to let you pick out your own clothes. When I go clothes shopping, I let you go pick out your clothes. Now, I chose the fucking store. I, I chose the store because what we not going to do is go and buy a bunch of these overpriced name brands that look the same as the shit that I can buy you in other stores. Mm-mm, no, I'm not going to spend... $25 on a fucking seven-year-old's pair. Now, of here's the no thing. Sorry. Your nephew, he loves, for whatever reason, he loves to dress up. And when he got inducted into the, the elementary honor society, they told them a certain dress code, you know, black slacks, you can wear white shirt or, you know, black shirt, whatever. Caleb says, I want a black shirt. I said, so you're going to be the man in black? Yes. And because your nephew, even though he's 10, he wears an eight and a half in men's shoes. We couldn't find regular little cheap dress shoes, so that child said, well, I like these right here. You like these? All right. His daddy said, okay. He wore a pair of Stacy Adams and thought he was cleaner and fresher than, than, than any of them other kids in there. He had on his black button-down shirt with his belt. You couldn't tell that nigga shit. Okay. Now I had to peel him okay. all of that out because every time something came up, then he thought he was supposed to wear a little black outfit. And I said, "Sir, try to wear it again, and I'll burn it." <laughs> well, like, and another thing, like for my youngest, some of you, some of y'all young ass parents or whatever, get real obsessed with these name brands. Oh, they gotta have Jordan this, Jordan that, and his daddy his sperm donor when they bought him some Jordans, and he wore them. But do you know his favorite fucking pair of shoes? Huh? No, it was no, it was some Spider-Man like oh, okay. shoes. So Spider-Man. Okay, and you couldn't tell him shit. I bet you could not tell him you know, when they when he went to school and somebody said something to him like you got on light up shoes and he said bitch my shoes have been yours. Tell nephew that he need to watch the language, but I understood he stood up for himself. I he didn't say it in front of me. I just heard about it later. No, oh, that's like, the day I called you and I said, your nephew cussing people out. And you said, what did he say? And I told you, he told the little boy, fuck you. And then you asked me why. Because the little boy was talking about my poetry book and talking about me being fat and whatever. And he got upset and Caleb went off. And your response, his daddy's response, his brother's response, my best friend's response, all of y'all said the same damn thing. He did what the hell he was supposed to do. He's supposed to defend his mama. Yep. Y'all was so, mad about him when it came to, I'm like, damn, my whole village is kind of savage, ain't they? Yeah, and my thing is this one of, the, one of the ways in which families are kind of fucked up and broken in the head, or these parents are, y'all are putting this on these kids that they need to have these quote unquote brand names. But if you don't tell them shit about a brand name and you just take them to the store and tell them pick out something they like, you get out a whole lot cheaper. They want the fucking Spider-Man shoes, the Batman shoes, the Superman shoes, the fucking whatever the hell, the Paw Patrol shoes. 
They want the shit to set light up Your when they walk. Nephew wants a like he he'll he'll wear jeans, but because of his size and the way pants fit, he's more comfortable wearing like jogging type pants and stuff. And of course, those nine times out of ten, he's not saying let me have. He'll wear Adidas, but he's not hung up on Adidas or Nike or whatever. He's just hung. He he can go to Walmart and have six pairs of different color ones, and he's good because he can coordinate with that some. He's into anime, so when I take him shopping, we go in different stores, you know, PacSun and all these other places where he can walk in there and pick him an anime shirt and be happy. He's not worried about Nike, Nautica, uh, you know, any of that stuff. And and I'm I'm happy because yeah. I don't want my son to become what my ex was. My ex was a label whore. He would go spend thirteen hundred damn dollars on some ugly ass matching top and bottom shit because it's Versace and it looks like some ugly pajamas from the eighties. But because it's Versace, he was hell okay with spending thirteen hundred on that. Come on, but this is Versace and it's like, so you think the clothes make you the man? So if you take those clothes away, you know, you're even with my. Man. Oh, okay. And another thing, because, you know, I got my oldest son much later in life. He was 14 the first time I got him. So him and the old, the other one that was older that I had after after him, technically, um, they both got a harsh dose of reality out of me because I'm like, y'all coming to me talking about some, you were, like the, the, the white boy wanted fucking Gucci belts and all this shit. And I was like, you want what? Gucci. Oh, the first off, what them grades was like, because that was the one that was failing seven out of eight classes. So I was like, no, 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 sir. If I was going to splurge on that, I said, because don't don't get it twisted, baby. I can afford it. I don't want to. Wait, you said seven but out of eight said, classes. You know, yeah. yeah, he was yeah seven out of eight classes. So and he was a senior and was how he wouldn't do shit, baby. When you can fail gym class, you can oh, fail any goddamn thing. How you gotta do it? Because that was one of the wow. seven out of eight that he was failing. I was, that's what I said. I was like, bro, are you literally all you gotta do is go change your damn clothes and then walk around a little bit and you got your points. You get, at least got a fucking C. How the fuck do you have an F in gym? I don't understand, bitch. I wasn't an athlete, oh. quote unquote, in school either, but bitch, I always had an A in gym. I would, it wasn't that fucking hard. I would, and then I picked gym tasks. I don't know about y'all, but we had um, different out of school activities for gym. So I would pick at certain times of the year, I would pick bowling. So in the mornings, we didn't change the clothes. We board the bus, go to the bowling alley, and shit, get a grade on sitting there mismaking gutter balls. <laughs> we had a class called Lifetime Sports that did bowling and tennis and golf. Okay. And I took that one, and I had a blast in that fucking yeah. class, even though I really, and I still, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm never going to be anybody's star athlete in anything, and I really wasn't overly fond of tennis, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. But... For the, for them two boys and them being more of the label horror children, they got a harsh dose of reality with me. Not just because I wouldn't buy the shit. I had to explain to them some things because they were, you know, on the cusp of adulthood anyway. You know, once you're 17 years old, oh, we got to have some real life discussions, baby. So since you're sitting here worried about these motherfucking Gucci belts and shit and, and that you see these little so-called, these little mumble rappers wearing, let me show you how much that shit costs and let me go ahead and give you some life lessons on 
which you need to prepare to be able to pay for your damn self when you mm-hmm. leave my home. Light bills, rent, food, transportation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm distinctive with my shit. So I was like, let, let me show y'all what these bills look like. And then the, the the white boy wanted to go to, and I'm not being racist when I do that for anybody that's listening. Shut the fuck up. He was the only white child I had. Um, but he wanted to go to college. He didn't have no understanding of what that meant. He didn't understand how it worked. Didn't understand the cost. Oh, baby, come here. We sat at my computer and I mapped all this shit out of him. I showed him the FAFSA site. I said, this is where you're going to have to start applying for shit. I said, because guess what, baby? Right now, you're an orphan. Legally. Now, I'm like, not because you're not, you think you put out my house and shit like that. No, but because you are no longer with your parents, you're kind of an orphan. Mm-hmm. I said, but even with your parents, I already know your daddy don't make shit. Your mama don't make shit. And I don't make a whole, whole lot. So, let, I showed him FAFSA. I said, this is what you got to fill out. Mm-hmm. I said, but guess what? This is only going to give you, what's what's the Pell Grant total? Like fucking 8000 a year? Is it even 8000 It's 5000 a year, ain't it? It depends. Somewhere there. At max, depending. Because when I first, started, I first started, it was only like 1200 it depends on where you're going, school and everything. So it depends. Yeah, it's still it's still a low ass cap. It's a very low cap. Like it, it I know it ain't mm-hmm. over ten. Yeah, a year. Nowhere near. I, I want to say it's like five, but I told him what it was. I said, now every fucking thing else that comes out of your cost for school, guess where it's got to come from, baby? Scholarships or loans. And right now, with you failing seven out of eight classes, baby, you ain't getting no damn scholarships. So guess what? It's and if you loans. failing, let me clue y'all in. You can start out good, and then you fuck around and fail. There's a such thing called academic probation. And then when you get that again, mm-hmm. and they hit you on that academic suspension, oh, that, that messes suspension. with your financial oh, oh, I didn't just hit him with that when I said, because there was nothing. I was like, you don't got too used to the fact that I come in there and I wake you up every morning. I'm the one that's yeah, like talking to your teachers. Up. I'm the one that's keeping track of your assignments and stuff. But guess what, baby? When I send you off to college, I'm not doing none of that. First off, if you live in the dorms, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Come knock on your door every morning? Right. Fuck this light. No. I said, so you're going to have to set alarms that you're going to have to learn how to listen to. about 45 minutes to an hour or so away. Baby, I can't come to your dorm every day and wake you up. So he got to set his alarm. He got to be in class. Uh, and guess what? I'm that annoying mama that will call though and say, because I know my son is ADHD, so I have to keep on top of him sometimes. But I uh, wake him up at seven o'clock in the morning. Mom, my class ain't till ten. Oh, I'm just making sure you're cognizant of that. Okay, catch you some Z's, but make sure your ass is in class. Because if I look at these grades and they not right, I'm gonna bust your head to the damn white meat. Well, see, here's the thing. I had to give him uh, another dose of reality. I said, let me explain something to you. I am not allowed to check on your grades unless you give me authority to do so. You do know legally they're grown. Mm-hmm. No, uh, unless you're unless they give you permission, I, they don't give a fuck. Even if I'm paying for your tuition, I can't oh, yeah, check I on your grades. Part, but see, I'm a parent. I demand passwords. My son gave me every password yep. to everything. I think. I, I want to see your canvas. He said, "Mom, it's the passwords you already have." I said, "Oh, oh okay." I'm I'm not doing all that. So. I let him and other ones, I said, when you go off college, you are responsible for this. See, when you're in high school, I'm semi-responsible for you. I have to say things like, you know, get your ass up and go to school. What the fuck is these grades? Um, you know, all of that. I'm I'm the one that has access to your portal. 
and can and can see the moment you get in the class because that's how the the, uh, the oldest one that I, that I acknowledge. That's how his ass got caught up a lot because I'm like, it sends me notifications when you're in high school if you don't show up to class. If you show up late to class and the teacher marks you late, it sends me an email. I got in his ass over that one. But for the white boy, I was like, that ends when you go to college. Those notifications don't come to me because you are now responsible for yourself as an adult. You are responsible. If you don't come to class, guess what? That teacher looked at it. If you didn't turn in whatever they told you to turn in, they ain't saying shit because you a whole adult. They don't feel they need to micromanage you and they won't. But that was my point to him because that was something he didn't understand. I said, y'all, you think that that college is going to be just like high school? I said, no. You're going to discover, first off, your professors don't give a fuck. They don't give a French fried fuck at all what you do. If you don't do your work, zero. And they go on about their day. They're not going to call you and ask if something... You might find one who cares. Every once in a while, you might find one who cares. And if you do, Nah, I didn't want to say no, I didn't want to set Nan expectation like that when he had to he needed to know the hard facts is I said ain't no professor really finna be checking on you if if your grades all of a sudden slip they're not gonna call you or email you or call you over after class and be like is there something going wrong at home bitch they don't give a fuck because they get paid the same regardless I said and guess what they're not gonna call me because they can't until, unless you authorize them to call me to bitch at me about your fucking grades, they can't do that. I learned that myself when I went off to college, and I was like, hmm, that's funny. But I didn't need all this supervision. But I had to break that down for him, and I said, and let me be clear, what he wanted to do was something with computers, something with technology, something, some, some, some in, in, extra shit that I went and researched. I said, so here's what it's going to cost you to go to school. Here's what you get in Pell Grants. Here's what you got to take out on loans. You have to pay those loans back. Because you're not going to be a teacher so or a doctor, so you ain't going to get them shits forgiven. So you're going to have to pay. This is what you got to pay on. And I said, and these shits follow you forever until you die. I said, and then this cost here, looking at your college, this is the, what your tuition is. But here's what it costs for your, your living. What does that mean? Oh, you, you thought the dorms was free? No, baby, they're not free. They cost almost as much as your fucking tuition. Technology fees and other gym fees and the help the other student from the year after you fees that they take on slipping to that motherfucker. Alumni fees, all that other shit that ain't even relevant oh, to I you. Broke you all of that down. And then he's like, Well, maybe I'll just get an apartment instead. I said, Oh, you want an apartment. I'm glad you made that suggestion. Baby, let me break down these costs and the cost of living for you over here. I broke down the cheapest apartments I knew at the time was the ones that I used to live in over there in Springwood behind the Clip Trip off of 170. I said at that time a one bedroom was $400 a month. I'm technically I don't know that them apartments are even still open anymore because they're supposed to get condemned. But at that point I was like that's $400 a month. He was trying to get at that point he was trying to get a little job at uh, fucking Jack in the Box and Jack in the Box is offering him like 725 up the street. I was like, okay, so let me break down seven twenty-five. I broke down the math. Here's what you what you will make before taxes. Here's how much is going to get taken out of your check, roughly in taxes, because you are single with no fucking children. Yeah. Then here is your rent. Here, and then I said, here's the average cost of the utility bills over there. Which thankfully, those apartments were all electric, but still, you got four hundred a month in that. You got between 
$40 on the cheap end to about $100 a month in your electric bill. Then you got to pay for internet. And internet over there was only with fucking charter. So you was going to pay $60 a month for that. Then you got to pay your own fucking cell phone bill because I'm not paying shit if you don't live in my house. And I'm like, and that's at least $40, $50, $60 a month, depending on how bougie you want to be. And since y'all all like motherfucking iPhones, you go ahead and prepare to pay over $100 a month for you to get that motherfucking phone because you ain't got no money to buy that bitch in, in cash. I said, and all of that is not including the amount that you're going to have to pay in the bus pass. He's like, well, why can't I get a car? I said, oh, you think you can get a car off that salary? <laughs> Baby, here's the math. You can't afford to save for the motherfucking car. So all you can afford is bus pass. And that leaves, and at, when I did the math for him, I said, that leaves you $40 a month for anything extra. And I said, and I ain't even took out shit for health insurance. We didn't even go into financing the car. We went, he couldn't even afford to buy her, pay her car. You got $40 left at the end of the month. Gotta remember. Gotta remember why I didn't do that one was because they kept telling me they're grown. So you're grown, so you can't be on my insurance. So you can't even get that discount. So I'm like, I told him, you can't even afford to save to get the car, let alone afford the insurance that you were required to have on that motherfucker, let alone afford the gas to put in that bitch if you somehow managed to get it. Then I was like, you also, the $40? I didn't take out groceries for that one. I said, you got $40 to buy groceries for the month. You can't survive off $40 in groceries, baby. I know you can't. Baby, you can't survive off $40 in groceries a day. I said, because I'm feeding your grown ass. There was a point to all this. The whole, the whole reason I went through all this was because he kept trying to make the argument that he would be able to find a way to afford these expensive-ass name brands. I said, baby, at this point, you can't afford to do shit. You can't... I said, you're going to have to make some choices between phones and internet. You're going to have to make choices between food and the internet, to be quite frank. You ain't going to have... And he's like, well, I can just use my cell phone. How you going to have... I said, how you going to use a cell phone? You can't even afford a fucking cell phone. So even if I take the internet off, it's still only $100 a month. You still got to eat. Did he have any bad habits like smoking? I said, and there's no money in there. Did huh? he have any bad habits like smoking or anything? Because that's something people don't factor in either. I don't know what you just said because you're... Can you hear me now? Uh, um, you might want to turn your camera off. It might actually help your quality a little better.
slightly. Wait, where'd she go? <laughs> I think her internet joined off. Anyway, I'll keep talking. Uh oh. I keep talking. So, um, but the whole point that I was making to him was basically to explain to him why you, you if you're not going to be able to afford all these name brands on your own, so why the fuck do you think I'm going to do them? I said, and what? Exactly. And I, but you grown though. No. And I told him, I said, and what I just quoted you is still less. It was about a quarter of what I actually spend, not even including all the additional shit that I do for y'all. I said, what I just quoted you for bills, you know, yeah, that's not even a quarter of what I pay for just the bills in the house here. I'm like, if I then I had to show him and the other one too. I showed them the grocery bill. I showed them just a little bit of what I was spending on groceries. There Better you go. Now? Much better. Sorry about that. But what I was saying was, did he have any bad habits but, like smoking or drinking or any of that? Because some people don't even. Oh, let's get. Li- then, yes, then, yes. Because I was like, oh, this weed habit. Damn, build stuff. You weed. can't afford to smoke or to do any of that. Well, yes, I can. No, no, no. You can't. Shit. And Shit. then, and then I explained to him because I can barely afford to smoke weed. And look, and then I explained to him, I said, and with all that I just quoted you, you're still not paying a quarter of what I fucking pay to take care of y'all. I said, because I quoted you on the cheap end of rent. That was not the rent that I was paying at the time. I said, and that didn't include car, my car note, my car insurance, the gas that I got to put in this motherfucker to run y'all to all these different places. I said, I'm running y'all around to doctor's appointments, therapy appointments, at school Picking you up after school, uh, dealing with you being in fucking detentions and shit like that, dropping you, taking you to get drug tests in his case because that was part of his thing. I'm like taking you, you know, all the way out across to St. Charles to visit your grandmother, taking you even further than that to to go see one of your little girlfriends or whatever because I was being nice that fucking weekend and thought she was doing okay in school. Learned the hard way a couple weeks later that that was a fucking lie. Um. I'm like, then let's look at these groceries because, baby, what I spend on groceries alone is more than what you would have spent in the entire fucking month for your rent and all of your bills. What I spend just to feed your overgrown ass. I was going to say, because when you're doing that, you're talking about multiples. You can't quote him what it is for him by himself. You're doing it for you, for him, and any other child that you have in that home. So, us single parents wear their ass on our chest proudly. We make shit happen. And, you know, the interesting part about what you just said, too, is the fact that my children don't realize that I don't literally have an S on my chest. All of them actually think of me as some form of Superman. Mm-hmm. They think I can literally do whatever. I'm trying to feel and only the old... Yeah. I, you know, the youngest one actually... Like, he had an argument with my daddy. With my daddy. Basically said, first off, he said I could whoop my daddy, which, okay, I'll give you that one. Because we can square up at any point. The fuck? But he just pretty much thought that I was in every way superior to my own dad. Again, I'm not going to necessarily argue at this point. I just found it funny that my father was arguing with a fucking eight-year-old about it. (laughs) 
and my father found it funny that said eight year old was willing to argue with him about it. Like he was convinced, and so he gonna call me while he's basing. He's like, so your son thinks that uh, you like Superman. Like you can do whatever. You can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. I said, well. He's like, so it sounds like we need to get her. I said, look here, don't offer me to get out in this motherfucker for you. I'm going to take out about 34 years of fucking frustration on your ass. You don't want this problem, sir. Oh, but I would hate to see that's, that. that's, but that's actually how my youngest son sees me. And that's also how the other two see me. I don't know about Charmaine. She might have a slightly more realistic viewpoint of me, but even probably see you as Lex Luthor sometimes. <laughs> no, she don't see me like that. She she definitely sees that I get things done, and she does know which who she can call if her you know, like if her mama can't do something, or you know if it comes down to an issue of safety or anything like that. She know who the batshit crazy is. One, if anything, she sees me as the fucking Joker, to be honest. But um. That's what. That's how all of my kids have, have been viewing me, and like, even the oldest ones, it's it kind of it's hard for them to see that I'm like I can't just do everything. Like, dude, there are times where Daddy literally didn't have money. Like, I just paid bills. I'm broke as fuck. The cost of living is high as a bitch up here. I was out of work. This didn't matter to them because in their eyes, I've always been able to make things mm-hmm. happen. Then I've had to explain, even to Charmaine, I said, you didn't realize the times that I went hungry to make sure that y'all ate. Oh, oh. Like, I only had, there have been times, especially with Charmaine, where it was like, I got $4 and, and 50 cents in my bank account. That's enough for me to get, at that point, two Happy Meals. That one. Or, at, no, I had about $3. So I'm like, I got enough to get. We looked at it one summer. I had enough to get her like that that one, you Taco know, Bell? meal or whatever. And Taco ta- Bell, we had a whole lot of Taco Bell. We did McDonald's because it was cheaper. So there were times when she was younger, she didn't realize this. But I'm like, we would go to McDonald's, and I would be like, I got this three four dollars. I got enough to get her her meal, and I can get a fucking cup of water. Now, the the fun part of having Charmaine was the fact that she was the one that was going to flirt with the fucking cashier and end up with free shit. So her uncle wound up eating, but what she didn't understand until she got older is that the times that I was doing that, it wasn't that uncle wasn't hungry, it was that uncle only had enough to feed you. Mm-hmm. There's times that one summer, me and him was in that house and we had all the kids, you know, and there would be days because me and him was both working there would be days that we'd look at each other and say, did you eat today? No. Did you? Mm-mm. When's the last time you ate? Oh, shit. Two days ago? But our concern was to make sure that the kids ate. That was the thing. Y'all will eat if I don't eat. Y'all will eat. I'll figure it out. And let's address the elephant in the room because some people might hear that and be like, well, doesn't that prove you were from a broken home and might have been better off with, you know, one of your partners? Hell no. Not at all. Because some people still didn't eat. Motherfucker, go out somewhere and eat some shit or eat at their bitch house or whatever the fuck they was doing and come home and look at you and your kids hungry as fuck and still not care. And for me, again, 
Do I want to raise these kids in a toxic environment? No. And based on my previous exes and the only one that I actually had discussion about children with, that would have been the most toxic environment I could bring a child mm-hmm. into. And to take a child that was already coming from a broken home and bring them into another home where it ain't shit but drama. And no matter how I would have tried to cover that up, you can't cover up them arguments all the time. You can't cover up the fact that one daddy, because and it would have been two daddies. So in this case, one daddy is always here with me, making sure I go to school, make sure I eat, make sure I do all this. And the other one is never at home or always comes home after I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. Only has a little time for me here and there when we he won't take pictures or something, make it look like we're family. And no, I refuse to have raised my kids with that bastard or anyone that I dated that was similar to him. And it it would have they would have seen the absolute worst parts of me because that's what he brought out. So was I better would I have been better off to give them a second parent staying with him? Hell no. And he didn't have my drive. He didn't have my devotion. He didn't have my loyalty. So he wouldn't have been able to deal with most of the behaviors of the children that I took. Um, most, I don't think any of my children would have respected him because Charmaine did not. She hated him. She fucking despised him. The only modicum of respect she ever showed him was because I forced her to. Like, I was like, ah, stay in child's place. But when she could get her little snide remarks in, she did. She hated him, though. And she'll tell you today, like, he was a grown-ass man and sucked his thumb. The fuck is wrong with him? You had one of those, too? I don't know. Look, you Charmaine's ignorant ass asked him. I had been babysitting her for a little while or whatever, and it was time to take her home, and we, he was the one with the car, so he was driving, and he has damn thumb in his mouth. So she said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. She said, why do you suck your thumb? Babies do that. And he didn't know what to say, so he looks at me, and he's like, you're not going to say nothing to her? I said, hell no, answer the fucking question. <laughs> right, because it's a logical question. And he said something. He's like, it's a comfort thing. But she said, but babies do that. Are you a baby? You need to find another way to say He's like, you still not going to say I said, fucking no. I ain't saying shit. Because it's a valid fucking question. You's a grown ass man. He bigger than me. Sucking his damn thumb. Yeah, no, that's a valid question. So she hated him. My first ex from high school, my, my first. That that motherfucker sucked his thumb even while doing the act, and I knew something was weird. My mama said, "Oh, you should get rid of that." I hate it. I would have to reach up and yank it out of his mouth. I would every every time, like if we we just getting started, I'd have to reach up and yank the damn thumb out of his mouth. I'm like, "Bruh, you make me feel like a pedophile." I actually told him, "I was like, you make me feel like a pedophile when you do that shit." Stop. It was weird. If we're starting to do anything, take your fucking thumb out your mouth. It was just weird. I'm like. Sir, that's what they call it, the phallic stage or some shit. Sir, you need to get past that oral stage. I need you to stop because that that's not cute. That that something is wrong. Mm, he said again. Either Super, way, but, anyway, but but something that you pointed out. We give our kids a choice. We if we're all eating it together, we're eating it together. Whether it's Applebee's or whatever, like you said, it bothers me. And these are still these quote-unquote nuclear families or whatever. You two grown motherfuckers will go sit down, eat a whole steak, lobster meal or something, and then get them kids a goddamn hot dog. They can't yeah, have and I've never been that type. Where, 
that shit with the exception of yeah that's ridiculous with the exception of like special days where like it's just like i went out with a bunch of adults whatever i ate they ate and even in some of those cases i would bring them something back Mm -hmm. like so if i'm sitting here eating steak and lobster if i'm sitting up here at red lobster even if it was a grown-ups thing like because i'm finna drink whatever okay cool but i can still bring y'all something home Mm -hmm. y'all finna get some of these biscuits because I already ordered me a fucking dozen of them to go. So let me go ahead and get you a second dozen for y'all's asses. You know, Thanks. let me get y'all what I know y'all like. Um, And that would be something else that my ex wouldn't have understood either. He'd be one of those that would want to go like, oh, well, it's just, it's our time. So we're going to go eat and they can eat whatever. So I'm going to go sit with you no. and eat all this nice ass shit. But I'm going to tell them to eat a pack of noodles or a hot dog. No, Mm-mm. if I'm eating red lobster, they eating red lobster. And, and again, this just further proof that, you know, my ex would not have been respected by any of my children. My middle child would have fought him. It's further proof that what they're calling broken families or broken houses, they're not because we are actually raising well-rounded children. We're teaching them to make decisions for themselves because we're giving them mm-hmm. choices. We're teaching them to take pride in themselves and know that they have the ability to do something. We're teaching them to know what they like and don't like. It's just different things that other kids are so automated that when you finally do let them out the door, they were told everything to do, no choices, nothing. And then you say, oh, well, now you're grown. Get the fuck out. What have you taught them? So now they're dysfunctional. Exactly. And another thing exactly. that I have to make sure to teach them is how to get out of toxic situations. Yes. Because this is something that we weren't exactly taught as well. My mama was good at this. My mama did kind of like, that was just kind of an instinctual thing I picked up from her. If shit didn't seem right, like you remove yourself by any means necessary. But my kids did not know that when they, when they came to me, especially the oldest one, my, my oldest boy. He, for when I left St. Louis, he stayed in the most toxic ass relationship mm-hmm. the first year that I was here. And I didn't find out about it until I'd been here for a little while because he didn't want to talk to me for a minute because he was mad, whatever. Um, but he finally calls me, not his mama, to talk about the situation. And he asked me questions. He's like, you know, here's where he told me honestly what where it went wrong in the relationship. So he admitted, you know, he was the one that cheated first. And he didn't exactly handle it so well when she cheated after, but he said after they both did they dirt or whatever, she got worse. And then she liked to pick fights. And, you know, anything could be the cause of a fight. Mm-hmm. He told me one of their fights was over some fucking, him saying some thank you to the waitress at a restaurant that had just brought him some condiments or whatever. And she started an actual physical altercation because he told a bitch thank you. So he asked me my opinion. I said, let me explain something. That's, that relationship was fucked from the moment you stepped out on her. And I, and I hold my children accountable. I did not try to say, oh, well, she's the wrong. No, you the wrong one. I said, because you broke the trust in this relationship and then you expected it to go back to what it was. And you could not handle what I had warned you that you would never be able to handle when we had these discussions before. You will never be able to handle a woman doing to you what you did to her. Mm-hmm. So she went and did what you did to her and she did it better to you because the only reason you know about it is because she came back and fucking told you while she caught your ass red hand. She wanted you to know. She wanted to hurt your ass. 
I said, so you fucked up the relationship. However, at this point, y'all are detrimental and toxic to each other. I said, because now she picks fights. You don't beat her the fuck up. And now you sitting there taking care of her. So ultimately she got what she wanted. You not to go to your friend's house or wherever the fuck you wanted to go to get the fuck away from her or just to, you know, have some individual time. But at the cost of technically at any point you could be arrested because this is what you are allowing yourself to go through. So I, you know, I had to talk and I was like, dude, you have to, you're going to have to remove yourself from this situation. I said, because one of two things are going to happen here. You're going to end up dead. You're going to end up in jail. Mm -hmm. I said, and I explained to him where he went wrong exactly and why things will never be the same. I said, you violated the girl's trust in saying you were her first, weren't you? He said, yes. I said, well, that's where you fucked up at. That's why the bitch crazy now. I said, unfortunately, you were her first. Her first sexual partner, you were her first love, and you didn't take enough time to get to know her and her family background to, to discover which type of chick you was dealing with. Well, unfortunately, you activated the crazy button. The broken crazy button. You activated the one that says don't break it. It's, you know, it's covered in glass and says don't break the glass ever. That's the button that you fucking hit when you did that shit. Now that's the discussion so that now y'all you, need to have as men one-on-one that, that no woman is not going to understand it because we be fucked up in the head when it happens. But that's the discussion y'all need to have with the young ones because y'all have a tendency as men to do certain things that that we know what we it's like a TKO move. Like if you're doing some shit and then you look me dead in my eye while you do what you do, or you draw tears in a good way, or whatever, you have just essentially flipped the crazy switch. Do not look a woman in her eyes. Do not have that pillow talk in that moment if you are not sincere. Because at that moment, you just turned that bitch completely stone cold crazy. She gonna flatten I had this discussion. I had it with him several times. I even I even had it with him with his female best friend who, who co-signed with me. She said, everything your daddy is saying is right. Because we, we had had the discussion before I ever left about him fucking around so much and me telling him, that's going to catch up to you because eventually you can be the bitch and that's going to do you the way you did her, but you're not going to know it until she tells you while you're going to get caught every motherfucking time, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had that discussion of you fucked up. It's time for you to own that fuck up, but you also need to walk. Because the situation is, he asked me, he's like, well, do you think we could ever, fi-? I said, no, you are never going to fix it. Mm-mm. I said, when you get to the point that not only have y'all been cheating, but y'all are now physically violent, there is no fixing that relationship, baby. There's no one. I said, now, some old people, some people would try to tell you, oh, well, you could, no, no, no. You're not fixing shit when you've reached that point. It is time to recognize that the situation is extremely toxic and one of you has to extricate yourselves. Mm -hmm. And just because you're the one at fault does not mean that you have to sit there and put up with it. And you may have broken the trust. Even with therapy, if you circle back around to that relationship, like a later time, a year later or something, no matter what you do, it's the same thing with friendships. No matter what you do, whatever broke it the first time, you have now created a level of distrust because now I know what you're capable of. I know what you will do to me because you've already done it. So now, well, I broke it down to him this way too. I, I just told him, I said, look here, at this point, 
can I explain that? I said, at this point, when you cheated on her and she caught your ass, she was never going to trust a single goddamn thing you said after mm-hmm. that. I said, but the problem is, you are the same way. He said, what? I said, you don't trust her, do you? He said, no, not really. I said, exactly. She did what you did to her better than you, and you can't trust shit. She said, neither one of you trust the other. There is no repairing this relationship. Get the fuck out. Exactly. It's never, even if it's something And he, says, he had a couple of it. other... He had a couple of other gripes that that meant that I had to bring him, you know, he had to have a little bit of what they call a coming to Jesus moment with me because he's like, well, another thing she does is she babies me. I said, what? Mm-hmm. He's like, she tries to do everything for me. I said, mm-hmm. He's like, it's, he's like, it's like dealing with my mama all over again. I said, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and stop you before you sink yourself in further. I said, you don't like any of us if we're not babying you. I said, I'm your daddy, and so I'm telling you the fucking truth. You get mad when I don't baby you. I'm like, the reason you ain't talking to me in six months was because I wasn't babying you. I said, you expect us all to baby you. You come to that expectation, even though I didn't set that for you, but I said, I did it to an extent. So, like, I did stuff, like, I, you know, got you your first job, and I did the application for your second one, and, you know, I handled a lot of your business for you. I said, but you went from my house to her house and you expected her to do what I did and what your mama did and then some. I said, but she's also supposed to be your partner. I said, but the partnership was never equal. I said, she's babying you because that's what you want because if she stops doing it, you get mad at her. I said, again, we're in a toxic situation. So what are we going to do here? I was like, it's it's time to walk away. That's now, my source of pride was not, it was. And I told him, I said, it sounds to me, I said, I don't know this little girl, and I, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go off the feelings that I'm getting. I said, it sounds like she didn't get enough goddamn love at home. Nobody told her she was fucking pretty and that she deserved better. So she still couldn't up with your dumb ass, but she should have left you. So because she's the type that's stuck on you, now she wants you up under her 24-7. And you cheated on her at work. So it's hard for you to even go to work because you cheated on her with a bitch at your job. Mm. When you want to go hang with your homeboys, she know like I know. She know what your homeboys do. She don't know all that I know, but she knows something. So she know enough to know you get in trouble when you're around. Mm. So she don't want you around them. I said, but you created this monster. Time to let it go. And to his, you know, the what I take a lot of credit for is I'd also been trying to get that boy in therapy for the entire past four fucking years. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, with her, he got himself into therapy. He called me after his first session. He's like, or he texted me. He's like, um, I finally took your advice and I went to therapy. I said, wait, what? Because <laughs> um, I fought with him to get him to go to therapy when he was living with me. He refused to do it. He's like, if you make me go, I'm just going to sit there with my headphones and the music on for the entire hour. Okay, well, you ain't going to waste my motherfucking time, so fine. But He's like, I went to therapy and I just, he said, it felt really good to finally be able to talk about a lot of stuff. He said, I talked about everything. He said, I even told him about you. Now, parents, here's the thing, you broken ass parents. If your child does go to therapy and they say that they talked about you, shut your dumb ass up. You do not need to know what they say. Because all you do That defeats the purpose of them going to damage. therapy. And I tell people, as a therapist, I tell people, 
that is the one safe place that you have that what you say is confidential and somebody can help you sort through it without having because like i'll have people say well i kind of want my mom and them to go to therapy and i'm that therapist that will actually i'm very direct just like i am with my friends i'm very direct with patients i'm looking at them and i'm like let me ask you this question is your family on board huh what do you mean do they believe in therapy do they think that it will help are they going to hinder your process or are they going to help propel you forward oh well my mom thinks therapy is a waste of time then i'm sorry you do not need to have a family session with her because all she's going to do is take whatever you said and twist it to use against you later and create more problems. So right now, focus on you. And here's the thing for your parents, and I've said this in previous podcasts, but I just feel the point, the need to point out because some people will get offended that I told them shut the fuck up. The only thing, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, that a therapist is obligated to tell you as the parent is if the child is endangering themselves or others. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you are not privy to what is said in those sessions. The only thing is it depends With all of my kids- on state law because there are certain things like certain medical things that we kind of would have to tell you like statutory situations if you're pregnant at 15 or something because of age of consent and things of that nature so certain things it depends on your state laws but outside of those you know restraints yeah i don't basically it has to be absolutely necessary for you to know Mm -hmm. and a lot of parents get that twisted like for especially for my youngest because he was the one that did trauma therapy and he did the longest I did not sit in in his therapy sessions. That was his time with the therapist. I sat in the waiting room. I would go talk to the therapist before, let him know what the week was like. But then I'm going back out there and he's coming in there with the therapist and that's his time. That hour mm-hmm. is his. And the every now and then I would get called in to discuss something or to go over something to help us with our bond. But if it wasn't something that like needed my presence there for us to talk about and just kind of work through, that's him. I never asked my child what he said in therapy. So I didn't ask the oldest one. And I told him before he started to him, I said, look here, I don't want to know what you said about me. I don't give a fuck if it was good, bad, indifferent. I don't give a shit if you call me the worst fucking human being on the face of the earth. You do not need to tell me what you said in therapy. That is between you and your therapist. I said, because that's the therapy is for you. It's not for me. So I don't need to pat on the back or whatever. If you have something that you feel you need to get off your chest with me, do so at your own risk. Mm-hmm. But and, and the thing realistically, too, like, no, if you have something that you you here's the thing, we get a, a misconception, you know, especially with college students, because some of them are still on their parents' insurance, and they feel like, well, because you're on my insurance, I have a right to know what happened in that session. Eh, actually you don't and especially as an adult i don't have to tell you a damn thing i technically can't even tell you that they're my patient baby the, the uh technically because I, i've had a few people say something to me about that one because they used to get somebody said something to me about the fact that i couldn't take my oldest like i couldn't force the doctor to tell me his test results i said baby he's 17 in missouri the age of medical consent is 16 at 16 years old if he tells me to get the fuck out of the room when he's in the doctor's office, you gotta get 
you know, a regular doctor's office, if I'm taking him to the checkup, I have to go out of the room. He is allowed, and for all you people that, that don't understand this, you broken-ass individuals that think that you run everything, at 16 in, in Missouri and several other states, I think most states at this point, the medical consent age is 16. You can be removed from the room, and I don't, and they don't give a fuck that it's your insurance paying for it. That doesn't matter. They are allowed to make their own informed medical consent. If you refuse that insurance and it's a minor and you're legally responsible, that's a CPS case, sir. Because now you are performing neglect because you refuse because you're having a tantrum that you can't run something. But so here's my advice in that one. Here's how I handled it because my oldest son tells me shit I don't want to know. I did not want to know none. I I really the fuck did not. (laughs) But he tells me literally everything. But here's the thing. I make it available for him to tell me these things. So when the doctor called my phone for him and is like, well, we have his test results. And I'm like, at the time I was like, uh, and then I remember I'm like, oh shit, he's 17. They can't say, hey, actually he was 16. I'm like, oh fuck, he's 16. They can't tell me shit. I said, okay, I'll have him call you. So when he got, you know, back home or whatever, I gave him the phone. I was like, call the fucking doctor's office and get your results. After he got a phone, he's like, okay, I got him. He's like, you don't want to know? I said, do you want to tell me? What the fuck? I said, is there anything that I need to know? Is there anything in this medical test that, that would present a danger to my other child? He said, no, I'm clean. Oh, okay, no, don't give a fuck. I'm like, but he tells me everything. So every fucking medical issue he's had since then, I literally know about and I really didn't fucking need to know. And here's the thing, though. And when it came to therapy, the I door though. Because some kids, they are so fearful to open up to their toxic ass parents they don't want them to know that they broke a toenail because it's going to turn out bad they're going to get belittled or blamed for something and so they'd rather just keep every secret under the sun i don't want to have a child that's running around that doesn't trust me as a parent to know that i'm going to nurture them and help them and they're worried about me like i'm the monster in the room i'd rather you have an open relationship and i know what's happening because i can then help to guide you and keep you safe but if i'm so damn toxic and broken yep. but when it came it ain't gonna help yeah yeah, and then when it came to therapy, like we've never, I've not discussed in de- in depth with him what he said to the therapist. God, I didn't want to know. I said whatever you said about me, whatever you is whatever you felt at the time, and at you know at one point you were quite mad at me, so you probably said some fucked up shit about me. That's between you and the therapist. I don't care. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't disrespect me, we cool. To my face. I mean, you can disrespect me all you want to your therapist. But you would. even with the even with the little one, you know, when he would go to therapy. Here's the thing. None of us like each other as as earthlings. None of us like each other 100% of the time. Not parents, not siblings, not friends, not partners, none of that. So at some point in time, we are going to lash out because we are emotional beings. And sometimes we're going to say, fuck him five different ways. I don't like him. He's an ass. Well, you don't need to be so damn sensitive because somebody said it because it's a thought we've all had at some point about somebody in our life. And guess what? 
our kids have those same damn thoughts because any of us who lie and say I've never been mad at my mom or my daddy before to say I didn't I I I never said that I've never said oh I can't stand her ass you a damn lie every last one of us done had a time where we couldn't stand our mama especially when we couldn't get our damn wife or daddy and yep and. So allow your kids to have the emotions that, that they have. Yeah, that, and that's my thing. I was like, as long as you're not disrespecting me to my face, then we're cool, which is something that he really never had the balls to do. Like, it, it didn't go well when he disrespected me outside of my presence, so he kind of figured out doing it in my face would probably not go so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but here's my thing and here's how you know i guess i can kind of sum this up for myself as far as my quote-unquote broken home i took just kind of on my boys i took a child that was autistic that could not form attachments that never felt remorse or empathy for some of the shit that he did when he was having one of his little tantrums i got that child to the point where he would understand where he went wrong why it was wrong and could actually feel empathy and apologize for his actions and fucking mean it. And he's able to form healthier connections now because we're still connected. He may be in somebody else's house, but guess who the fuck he calls whenever the hell he, something is wrong, he calls me. When he's nervous, he calls me. I'm going to get a call from him within the next two weeks because he's going in for surgery because that's what I provided for him. I took my youngest child, a child who when I got him, I did not know for two fucking months, three months, that he could not read at all. He was, because he was navigating shit on YouTube or whatever, and I thought, okay, well, he knows how to read, right? And he was seven. No, he was going off pictures to figure out, and he would see the things he would like, and he would just click to get where he wanted to go, and it would bring up more recommendations for it. Mm -hmm. I took him from that. Not being able to really read, not being able to do math and all that shit. When I sent him, you know, when I left St. Louis, he was able to read at grade level. He was able to enjoy reading. He went from not being able to do any form of addition or subtraction to being able to not only do single and double digit addition subtraction, he could also do some of his multiplication tables. He went and I took him from being the type of child that counted on never having food and even though he did do the steel thing for quite a while man i got him to the point where he could recognize i have food i'm going to be able to get food when i want it and when i need it no one's going to deprive me of food as a punishment here and if they are that's abuse mm-hmm. i got him through a year and a half of therapy where he went from dealing with all of this traumatic and being very reserved to being able to express himself more and go after and do things that he likes without worrying about, oh, well, does this make me look queer or whatever dumb shit he was raised on. And then I took the oldest one from being an asshole little teenager that refused to go to school, that was constantly getting in fights, constantly robbing people, blah, 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 and I managed to get him, I'll be a little bit late, he did graduate. He has a diploma. He did not get a GED. 
He insisted on getting his diploma. I managed, I was the first person to ask him what he wanted to do with his life and make him sit and think about it. Mm -hmm. And then when he told me what he wanted to do, I made him go research it. He wanted to be an EMT originally. I made him research exactly what he needed to do to do that. I made him, and at the time, since he was supposed to come with me here, I made him research there and here. Mm-hmm. wasn't It wasn't overly complicated. He is to the point where he has been able to walk away from a toxic relationship, recognize that he's the one that made it that way, got himself into therapy, started dealing with a lot of his anger issues because he has an anger one. He, he, he gets angry really easily, and he just always takes it overboard. He's gotten better with that. I've gotten him to the point where I don't have to call him first. Or I don't have to remind him that a holiday or my birthday and all that shit's coming up. He knows it. He reaches out to me, in this case, two weeks in advance. And it's like, uh, what do you want? Not something I required. Something he chooses to do. He checks in with me. He'll say, Daddy, I haven't heard from you in a while. Or, and he keeps up with what I tell him I'm doing. So I took him from being this asshole child that his mother thought there was no fucking redemption in to he works. He finished high school, graduated. Like I said, a little late, but whatever. He managed to graduate. He, he was insistent that that was something he wanted to do. He's, you know, contemplating his choices. He's, you know, looking at military and things like that, but he constantly keeps himself working so that he can do something for himself so he's not reliant on anybody else. But he still knows when shit hits the fan, he can come and call me. Mm-hmm. So... If that's what I managed to, you know, turn out in this broken home that I provided, mm-hmm. I'll keep my broken home. Gladly. Because I know a lot of people with kids the same age that are nowhere near as adjusted as mine are. And mine have been through worse than their children have. Hell, I look at Dante and Caleb, but I look at them. Dante has went through high school. He's going in, you know, through college now. My child does not have any connection with one minor situation that happened, but you know, we, we fixed that. That that was a situation where he had to learn who to trust and who not to. But he doesn't have a bunch of interactions with the law. He doesn't have a drug or alcohol problem because he don't like doing either. He does not have a bunch of babies and stuff. He's keeping his head about him. He has a work ethic. He knows how to go to work to get what he wants and not say, let me turn to these streets. And he has decent enough grades now when he's focused. I'm proud of him. He's doing better than some of his peers because he's come back and said, you know what, mom? Thank you for not letting me do whatever I wanted to do because my friend's moms did that. They let them do whatever. And now they have felony charges on them. They dropped out of school. They've got multiple kids. Some of them are on drugs. Thank you for not being that parent. So I think I did pretty damn good as a single mother broken home, as some would call it. My youngest, smart as a damn whip. He takes pride in being a complete nerd and he knows he's a nerd. But he's happy being that nerd. He doesn't have to have all these name brand things. My son is 10, about to be 11, and he's happy that his mama gave him a hematite ring and he's got selenite wand laying on his bedside. Whereas most kids want some type of a toy or something, he's happy with doing things that his mama does. He's happy 
reading books. He's just happy being himself. And I think that is wonderful for a quote unquote broken home. So like you said, I will keep my broken home. I don't need to have the bullshit that y'all talking about trying to force toxicity down my throat all for the purpose of appearances. Yeah, because the appearances clearly don't matter at this point. I'm like, my children still view me as their dad, even though they're not in the house with me anymore. They still look at me as their dad. They still know one way or another, if they can reach me, you know, I will do anything and everything for them within reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna, like to my oldest one, baby, I'm not paying your rent. You know, that, that that's that's above and beyond daddy's call of duty. But, you know, when they need me, when he needs something, if he calls me and he says, daddy, I just need a few dollars to get some food. Here. And I don't loan my oldest son money. Here's, here's my thing. I do not give out money to my children that I don't that I can't afford to miss. Mm-hmm. So I don't, ex- even though my children do understand that you should be paying back anything you ask for as a loan, I also understand that because they're my fucking brats, they ain't asking me for no goddamn loan. They just want the money. So I'm, if I give it to, if I send it to them, I can afford to be without it. Now, depending on what it is, I will tell your nephew to run me my coins because there's certain things I tell him I'm not covering so if it's your habits or whatever kind of like when he wanted to start getting tattoos he was 16 when he got his first tattoo everybody looked at me like i was crazy as hell for that i'm like why the kid doesn't give me any problems he's got good grades if that's the, the biggest thing he wants is a damn tattoo go for it but even then he had a job and i told him now here's the thing about ink and i do it for myself do not ask me to pay for your ink that is your habit that is your whatever you will supply and support your own habits and 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 likes. That's not for me to do that. Yeah. And like my oldest, since he's the more materialistic one, he has learned a bit of how to reason with me. So for his and his birthday is on the twenty eighth. So Father's Day hits, and then literally a week later is his fucking birthday. Right? Whatever. Who cares? Um. He wants some Air Forces. But he know not to ask me for the uber expensive ones. Mm-hmm. He just want the white ones. Them joints is like 50 bucks. And it's and again, he knows it's not that I can't afford them expensive ass ones, but bitch, I don't wear them fucking shoes. Fuck them. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So, when he, say, when he tells me what he wants for his birthday, he's like, I guess, we're to the point now where I guess I just know what he wants. He wants these fucking white forces. He wants a new pair every year. Okay. He's like, and maybe if you feel like it, you know, a gift card to some weird ass fucking store. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I'll decide when my paycheck hits if I love you that much. And to anybody that got all offended by that one, bitch, it's a joke. Shut up. Shit. I ask my children at all the time. When they ask me for shit, I often look at them and say, do I like you today? Hell, I ask them, do I know you? Charmaine know that one well. Forget do I like you. Do I know you? Where you come from? <laughs> I tell my this stranger. I, I leave it at do I like you today? Cause and and for my kids, that's also an understanding. Even because I even do it to the younger ones. It's have you been fucking up that day? That's what it really translates mm-hmm. to. Like, have you been pissing me to fuck off? Have you been misbehaving in school? Have you been misbehaving at home? Because if you've been doing any of those things, that means I don't like you this day. 
In other words, I'm not fucking doing what you just asked me to do. Have I had to choose violence with you this week? And, you know, they tried to be smart-ass with me one time. Yeah. Like, and they try, one of them, a couple of them try to be smart-ass and be like, but you love me. I said, love ain't got nothing to do with liking you. Ooh. I will always love you, but I don't Say always like you. Say that shit for your nephew. Say that for Caleb. Because I'm like, you get on my nerves. You about to disappear. You about to go outside. He's like, <laughs> you're not going to do that. You love me. But I don't like you today. Get out. Um, I need y'all to understand we all, when y'all say that, I'm going to start singing Tina Turner at your ass. What? What's love got to do with it? Okay? <laughs> Ooh, you got to put it. And if you catch me on the right day, I will break out in the actual singing of the whole motherfucking song. Don't fuck with your daddy because I'm paying. You don't put the wig on too? But I and I did ask him that. I was like, "No, nah, I ain't gonna do the wig. I ain't got the wig." But I might break out and dance. I'm gonna have to find you the wig. I'm, I'm queer. Like we all know Tina. So let's be real. Wig. I'm gonna have to find the wig. I'm just saying. Like my kids know if that statement came out my mouth, it's probably because I'm. I legitimately, I'm trying to decide. Do have they fucked up this week? Is this a reasonable request for me to grant or? If I ask the kind and the, vo- the tone of my voice is kind of hard, they know that means, oh, I don't fucked up this week. I ain't getting shit. Glad you understand. Get out my face. Kick. <laughs> I'm still trying to see you in a Tina Turner impersonation contest. <sighs> Look, I don't exactly have a good singing voice, so if I do shit like that, I'm doing it to fuck with my kids. I need to see it. Because <laughs> my singing weed. voice is. Look, I just want them in a Tina Turner style dress in a week. The heels okay, too. The heels the heels. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the heels. Um, I don't think with my ankle that I can actually do heels. Oh anymore. damn! Don't worry, don't worry. I, I, you know what? So you don't feel alone. I do a dress in a wig right alongside you. Shit. <laughs> I was just using it to make a damn point. I'm gonna play the ma- manager because I can't the way my ankles are set up. I can't put heels on right now. That that shit hurts. I I definitely since I broke my ankle, you know, it's it's mostly stable, but you know, I just I haven't worn heels since I was I don't know, a fucking teenager. So um, I don't I don't perceive myself getting my big ass in them now. Hey, wedges work wonders. I don't even know if I have no bounce to, to pull that off. Like, my ankle feel weird sometimes, so, oh, and knees is a little weird, too. So. I wonder if I can wear platform shoes. You probably could. Oh, dear God. You probably could. I don't know. I probably could. Yeah, I think I can get my big ass or something. I need pictures. I need pictures. I just need y'all to know. I need pictures. Look, okay, look, I'm just going to be real. I've pretty much always said the only way y'all going to get me to do any form of drag, it has to be like a situation from, uh, what you call it, Noah's Ark, where, you know, one of my friends is doing a drag show and I got stuck in as the backup. That's the only way y'all get me a drag, okay? Just need y'all to know that. We going to find one. We going to find something, sir. It would have to be the exact situation that it was in Noah's Ark. Like literally, I got the fl- uber flamboyant friend that wants to do drag for the first time and won't do it without me. Then I'll think about it. Uh, I got an ex that does drag. Nope, fuck him. 
I'm not about to play with you. You're rotting the fire. I'm not about to no. play with you. The, the, that lapse. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Y'all two boxing, boxing while in full drag. <laughs> I'm not finna box with that bitch. I'm gonna cut him. <laughs> Damn. And since, for the record, since my oldest baby is actually sending me a knife as my Father's Day present, he might not want to fuck with me. Corner. <laughs> Corner. I'm going to have to talk to nephew about giving dangerous gifts. No, fuck that. I know that bitch. Fuck him. Well, hell, let's be realistic. As far as most of exes go, no, no. most of our exes, especially the ones that we all mutually know of or something... All them bitches could be dropped off in a dark alley never to return again, if you know what I mean. But like I said, my Except for two of them. Mine doing never. 80 years right now, so I mean, you know. There there are two of mine that I wish nothing but, you know, life, liberty, and happiness to. And they know who they are. And then there's, then there's those that Bowling you Chris. wish but, would get fucked with a sandpaper dick. But anyway. Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, uh, the rest of them can fall off the face of earth and I won't give a shit, won't cry, won't come to the funeral, don't fucking call me and tell me about it unless you just want me to confess on their grave. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's too nice. One did, one I wish nothing but the rest of the rest can go give Go get fucked by a cactus. That nigga said cactus. Now, why you gonna do that to the yeah, cactus? Doing why you gonna do that to the cactus? What did the cactus do to you? The cactus is survive. I never said it had to be an actual cactus. It could be a metal oh, cactus. Damn. That's fucked. Damn. I'm sadistic, I know. Yeah. That, that was a bit fucked. I mean, it could be a bar. I mean, it could be worse. I could have said barbed wire cactus. B. I mean, hey, B. it works. I, I'm not going to For the record, hmm? he got me beat. Do not send me to the corner anymore for the shit that I say because he got me beat. <laughs> Fuck I always get sent to the corner. Hell. Nah. I ain't going. He might help you eat, and he do need to take his ass to the corner, by the way, but... What? what I do? Thanks, a damn question. Nigga, you said a... Was it something I said? A barbed wire cactus, sir? <laughs> razor wire... Okay, fine. A razor wire cactus. And that's worse Either than way, my thought corner. of taking skinny dipping in a, in a, in a pencil sharpener uh, line with razor blades with his dick, but I mean, I'm just saying... Skinny dipping in acid. Shit, may he forever have Okay, let's not. Uh, I mean, let's let's not give too many of the suggestions that I gave one particular ex. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to act like I'm swan diving to a pool head first with no water. I told that motherfucker to moonsault off a building. <laughs> Corner. I told him a lot of things. Corner. I told that bitch to go play on traffic in 270 during rush hour and let an 18-wheeler go handle his business. Play chick, play chicken on a skateboard with a train. 
I told that dumb motherfucker the next damn time you decide to make a fucking suicide attempt to make sure you use a gun and make sure you aim upwards so it'll blow your whole fucking brain out instead of just blowing out the back of your damn head and you might survive, you stupid bitch. And live stream it. I, well, at the time, we didn't really have live streaming, so when I said it to him, I didn't say that. God damn it. Yeah, true, but still. You know what? Oh, I also told him that if you're going to use the pill route, then make sure you use the good shit and not fucking Tylenol, you dipshit. Well, now Tylenol <laughs> is one of those um, painful slow deaths because you cannot come back from an acetaminophen overdose. I don't give a fuck if they take you to the hospital and try to save your ass. Once you hit that level, there's no saving you. You don't come back from that. He didn't take enough for that one. And I think actually, now to think about it, it was ibuprofen. Ah. Damn it, I was hoping it was at least Tylenol 3. No, bitch, if it had been Tylenol 3, he'd be gone. No, I gave that dumb motherfucker a lot of suggestions to succeed at what he had been trying to do. Now, for those that might be listening, be like, well, I thought you was, look here, this was me 15 fucking years ago. Actually, yeah, 15 years ago. This was 15 years ago when I gave him all these suggestions. He was one of those people that, that does the suicide attempt thing for attention. So I was just trying to help him actually succeed at his fucking goal. Now, yes, at this point in my life, I would not tell him all of these different ways in which he should go fucking kill himself. But at the time, I had a moment. A hundred ways to die. But he provoked yeah. it. My favorite. Now, to be fair, to be fair, for the most part, I don't actually wish, wish any of my exes ill, but I want the majority of them to not speak to me. Speak. There are two, and the other two that I named. Well, if they croak, you they won't have to worry about speaking to you. I don't need it to bounce back on me. I don't. I don't need to direct my words in that way because I realize that when I say those things, motherfuckers actually sometimes do those things. I don't really need that on me. So that's not your fault. They made that choice. No, dumbass. A whole damn witch over here. Words have power, and sometimes you can yeah. look a motherfucker to do things against their will. So, I have to watch the things that I say. Therefore, and then after, you know, going through therapy, going through shadow work or whatever, I don't legitimately hate any of my exes. I hate some other people, but I don't hate my exes. I don't hate them. I just... Like I said, I don't want to share the same airspace breathing with them, which means they're too Pretty close much. to me. So I need you to keep you and your toxic bullshit over there somewhere. Don't call me. Don't send me a smoke signal. Don't skywrite a message. Don't send me no fucking kites. Don't play telephone and send it through somebody else. Don't try to come into my dream. Don't do that because if you come in my dream, I'm going to slap shit at you. So just... Don't, don't even send a carrier pigeon don't uh don't do that thing where you start befriending my friends on facebook and, and instagram and all that shit my thing with my exes aside from the two that i will still speak to do not bother me we did not work our our relationships were horrible i have made peace with my part in that, as well as what you did to me. I was never upset. I don't necessarily want, you know, I don't have the urge. I don't have the urge to personally stab you in your fucking throat. But I also, like you said, I don't want to breathe the same air as you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't need to know how you're doing. I don't need to know that your mama still love me. I already know that shit. I know your grandma still love me too. I don't give a fuck. Okay? I don't need to know. 
I don't really need to know that you still walk the face of the earth. <clears throat> That's not my my vibe. I don't. I just don't need to know. I don't care. As long as you are not here bothering me, we're okay. Now, if you decide to try and find me and come here and start bothering me, well, I'm not responsible for what I do to your ass at that point because she'll let me fuck alone. Just because I've made peace with what we went through and the fact that the relationships are done and the fact that it's far better for me that those relationships are done does not mean that I'm so highly enlightened that I won't fuck you up. Okay? All with it. That's just my thing. All with it. Because I did... I did a lot of work, you know, fixing and trying to fix and continuing to fix the things that are broken within me. And one of those things is, I mean, what, don't get me wrong. I'm still vindictive and vengeful as fuck if you provoke me again. But if I'm not provoked any further and looking back on the relationship no longer provokes me. It was what it was. I realized. As long as you leave me alone, I'm not provoked. I don't have a problem. I'm like Aretha Franklin to some extent. I just realized that as you were talking. You've heard some of my poems. You've had to look at me and give me the side. I'm like, bitch, mm-hmm. really? That was therapeutic for me. And I'm realizing that I'm in a better place. Because you know the same as Aretha when she's hurt and going through some shit. Oh, she be producing hits. But then when she's calm and happy, Eh, not so much. She just lived her life, you know? And I'm kind of the same way. Like, right now, I haven't really been writing as much. Because I don't have those stressors and that pain that I have to have an outlet for. So, I thought about that just now when you were talking. I'm thinking, damn, I haven't said nothing crazy. I ain't had no thoughts of nothing. And you know, it's a beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place. I mean, I guess there will be growth, but that's a beautiful place to be. Yep. I mean, and and I'll say this too, considering that by you know from the original topic, some people would say that I was a product of a broken home. I am as forgiving as I am, and as peaceful as I am, partially because of my mom. But just like my mama, don't fucking try me. All of that. And in the words of my mother and my grandmother, I don't, damn it, do stupid. So, you know, the stupidity of trying to come back at me again after we've already been done for seven, eight years. Or, you know, coming at me five years too late talking about you and love. Um, no, I don't, damn it, do stupid. Try 20 years. I'll take that quote from Try Daisy. 20 years. That's a good quote. I don't damn it do stupid. Well, I'm going to try that one for myself. I don't damn it do stupid because somebody after 20 years talk about something. Do you miss what we have? No. What? No. No. That's a Daisy quote. Feel free to take it because that, that, that's a good one. <laughs> like no I, there's there's no interest in me for going backwards he so had to, uh, any of those that come my way i just blocked them now he had to relax his nerves and got off the phone with me talking about some um i i i need a moment you butt hurt because i answered your question i don't want to deal with you i didn't deal with your ass 20 years ago after we broke up what makes you think 20 years later i'm gonna go backwards and do stupid shit again so, in the voice of Daisy, I don't damn it do stupid. 
shit. There you go. So, you know, being uh, apparently, you know, according to, you know, their traditional definition of broken home, I'm from a broken home and I have a broken home that I raise kids in. But given how I turned out and how my kids turned out, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Better that than, you know, just dealing with some of the shit that I've watched. So, all right. Do we have it. any other closing thoughts before I close us out I've here? been said it. I don't want to live under the pressures of what society thinks is the correct way. None of these kids came with instruction manuals and none of us came with manuals on what to do. We just have to learn and navigate life as it comes. And I don't want those preconceived notions of what should be done because that's when you fuck up trying to live within that. I'm just going to take it day by day and do what I can to make sure that my kids have the best outcome and that they're safe. right then i think that's a good enough note for us to wrap up on so any other closing thoughts before i close us out here uh, you know say my ending spiel and let us all go on about our lives sounds pretty good but good way to close all right andy anything else i'm good All right, then I'm going to read off my closing spiel so we can wrap this up. So for all my listeners, for anyone that happened to drop in for a moment, uh, you know, to listen live or whatever, thanks for listening. And as usual, we give out our things. So if you want to, you know, fo- uh, follow up on this, uh, send me some comments, suggestions, whatever. You can leave voice comments on the anchor version of the podcast or just send me a message on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, also TikTok, all at Draco's Den. We do be warned, I don't actually use the TikTok for much other than watching videos, but whatever. You know, you can contact me there. Otherwise, use the website, dracosden.com. And if you want to support the podcast, also, you can do that either on the donate button from Anchor or from the donate button on the website. And what the hell else is my usual spiel? I don't know. We got a couple of other shows coming down the pipeline with some interesting topics. I did share that on social media, so if you're on my Facebook, you probably already know that. If not, I'll just say we're going to cover some topics on colorism. We're going to cover the topic of um, men and their thinking that their one part of their anatomy just being inserted into another part of the anatomy is actually enough to actually satisfy anyone any fucking where. Boosie. Yeah, oh yeah, we're we're gonna cover that dumb bitch at some point too. I mean, it is, I mean, it is Pride Month, and this motherfucker is a part of our community, kind of, sort of. The way he sticks his nose in it. Well, you can cover. Well, you have to start that show anyway, and I'll just post it. But. I had one other topic and I forgot what the hell it was, but we got at least three, four, maybe five more shows that will be recorded and out uh, in, in regularly scheduled intervals. And hopefully there'll be some guests because especially the one where your dick ain't enough is definitely going to need some female and bottom perspectives to ad- adequately explain why it's not. 
beyond that, uh, the only other thing I'm going to remind you is we're still in the pandemic, so be safe, make your decisions for your family, and wash your hands and all that good shit, you gross people. Shit, wash your hands. Also, don't be a dick to everybody. Oh, well, yeah, well, we, we got our spiel here. Lastly, just be nice to people. Don't be a dick to someone based on the color of their skin, where they're from, their sexual orientation, the fact that they are different than you, because that actually makes you the shitty human being and not them. Okay. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and close out and sign out from here. Catch y'all next time.